Around Comics, Episode 35. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the producer of the show, Brian Salazar. Hello. And uh, we have, of course, Mr. Tom Caters. I'm only using half a mic. <laughs> because we have a mega-sized panel today. Uh, our good friend, Matt S., has come down from Racine, Wisconsin. And I'm using the other half of the mic. And we have uh, two very special guests this week. Uh, the first is uh, artist extraordinaire of, of many a title, Mr. Mike Norton. Oh, hey, I thought you were introducing Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you introduce him? Uh, this is uh, Scott Johnson. He He's a badass with a Cintiq. <laughs> and they gave me my own mic. Yeah. His own, he, not only does he have his own mic, he has like the special silver Tom mic. Like... <laughs> I guest of like honor. Yeah, guest of honor. Motorhead. Like, <laughs> 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 That's pretty awesome. Ace All right, guys. Around Comics is recorded every Friday from 7 to 9 at Dark Tower Comics, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you. Don't do it. You'll be on a fucking yeah, You'll have to sit down and talk with us. <laughs> um, our July contest is, uh, is up and running. Sal, can you tell everyone about our July contest? Uh, yes, our July contest, it's actually kind of July-August. I think we're going to run it to the end of August. It's basically uh, our own Tom Caters selected a fine page of comic book artwork from a Green Lantern issue, I believe it is. Yes. And we took out all the words from the word balloons, and you have to fill them in. And you have to write Tom's comic, basically, is what it is. And you'll win, uh, whoever wins, whoever we choose as the funniest or the best or whatever. Uh, will Not necessarily the funniest. Not necessarily. I will reward touching. <laughs> As also legitimate, not just—it's not always about okay, funny. Okay, so the be- <laughs> the best, the one we like the most, the one Tom likes the most, basically. So um, you'll get so a trade, fickle. and also uh, as a special bonus, you're going to get ten. Uh, quarter books hand selected by Mr. Caters himself. So go to the site; it's on the site under uh, under the show menu contest page. There's a, a couple of ways you can download it if you want to do it. Uh, there's a, a an image you can download or a PDF file you can download, or you can just um, they're all numbered, so you can just uh, email us with your your word balloons, and the winner will will end up lettering it and putting it back on the site. And we'll we'll also have a sticky thread on the forum where <coughs> you can uh, where you can download it from there if you Absolutely. go to the forum. Absolutely. And it features a monkey. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It's, it's a, a monkey in a Green Lantern suit. Oh, no way. Uh, is, there a, is there a monkey Green Lantern? Uh, no, well, what happens is uh, Pie Face, his sidekick, the no Eskimo, way. You gets, got pie face in there? <laughs> gets turned into an Eskimo That's by a, gets turned into a monkey by uh, Hector Hammond. So, yeah, so it's not even the real Green Lantern. Sorry to spoil issue number six <laughs> of Green Lantern <laughs> for everyone. Sorry about that. All right, guys. Wins. We have uh, we have uh, uh, one more thing here, and it's a, a special request by Around Comics. We are really excited about the growth of the show, um, but we know that there are lots of comic book fans out there that have never heard of Around Comics and probably don't even know what a podcast is. So we are ha- asking for your help. We're calling this the Around Comics LCS Challenge. 
It's really simple. We've made a letter-sized flyer that we'd like you to ask your local comic shop owner or manager if they can display uh, our flyer in their shop. If they do, we'll not only mention you and the shop on our show, we'll post a link to the store on our site with a full description of what makes them a great store. Uh, there are two ways to get the flyer. You can download it from Around Comics homepage and print it out yourself, or send us uh, an email with your address at info at aroundcomics.com, and we'll send them off to you in the mail. So, uh, Around Comics is a show for fans, by fans, and we really appreciate so listen how Listen to involved. by fans. It's a friend of the program <laughs> That's it. challenge. Yeah. So, anyway, That's flyer, it. download it, ask your LCS guys if they can put it up, and we would really appreciate that. Uh, this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by Geek Armor. Do you want me to tell you about Geek Armor? Tom, can you tell us about <laughs> Geek Armor? Geek Armor sells t-shirts with the geek in mind. Featuring a great selection of comic book t-shirts as well as video games, sci-fi, TV, and movie shirts, you're sure to find something you like. Check out their latest original design, a red shirt with a phaser hole on the front that reads, I went on an away mission and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> Oh God! People will be oh. doing that at whatever convention you go They'll to. They'll be laughing that at you, and the ladies will, <laughs> and the ladies will love it. And it not, hey, but by the way, and now the good folks at Geek Armor are offering a ten percent <laughs> discount to all Around Comics listeners. Just use the coupon code Around Comics, all one word, when placing your order and receive an additional ten percent off. GeekArmor.com. Check them out today. Why don't you? friends of the program and <laughs> listener panel members, anyone that works for the show or forum members are not eligible for the 10% di- No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to go there. <laughs> Check it out. Get a 10% off. Everybody's eligible. Have you got your flash shirt yet, Tom? No, still waiting. The large won't be in until July 30th, and I'll be damned if I show up to uh, Wizard World Chicago in an extra large or a medium. I'll just look... <laughs> I'll look more foolish than being the idiot wearing the flash shirt <laughs> and walking around. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna wear a suit because you're gonna be the only idiot there. I'm gonna wear my Italian suit. Wouldn't that be like a total change? Is of it like from 1947? No, resting? it's a really nice suit oh. I bought for work. All right, I'm oh, sorry, the I just only to one there. shame <laughs> all of you. All right, guys, before we get to today's uh, no, Pat, Pat Loika will be wearing a suit. He yeah. always wears a suit. It's Loika. Loika. Which speaking, Whatever. Which, speaking of Pat, he is one of our ranging reporters out in San Diego. We're not in San Diego this week, but we're going to uh, to call out there. I know. It's hot, it's hot there. I've been, I've been listening Wait to Norton minute. bitch about not being in San Diego Why for like isn't four Norton ish, or episodes of Crankcast. Issues. Four <laughs> issues. <laughs> issues, episodes. Cliffhanger. Does he go to San Diego? <laughs> Guess what? No. No. <laughs> This morning, I'm he's totally telling I'm that listen- story for the trade. I'm by listening the way. to that. <laughs> we write for the trade. That's what it is. The six, six issue, issue arc of Crankcast. Holy you were crap. bitching about it on Tuesday. It's two episodes, he still hasn't left the house. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if people don't know, um, Mike does a, a, a podcast yeah. with uh, his friend Crank, who uh, I guess never leaves the house. Called the Crankcast, and you can get it on iTunes. So go check that out if you haven't listened to it. Want to yeah. tell us a little bit about it, Mike? Not really. We okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a We're lot like Crankcast. <laughs> that's the big well, the thing about it is people ask me about it and like, why don't you try and go and put it on all these different things? And it's just like, I don't really. It's not really a comic co- podcast, but we appreciate if you listen to it. But there's a lot of discussion about the merits of air conditioning. Yeah, and like. Yeah, it's more, how important it's it is that you get air conditioning. Friends that get peed on it's at like summer camp. It's the Seinfeld of, of comic podcast, podcast yeah. I guess. Nothing so. happens, but it's still good. All right, guys. Well, speaking of cons and all that stuff, let's, uh, uh, let's give a call out to our guys out in San Diego. 
hear the plague just broke out in San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> there was an atomic yeah. weapon detonated. By the time you hear this on Monday, everyone's There will be, be no San Diego. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hello, Patrick. How are you doing, good sir? I am doing well. Is it is it bright and sunny out in San Diego, or not all it's rainy very, and crappy? It's very, it's very nice. It's very sunny. There's a cool breeze going on right now. We are outside the convention center. Well, I lined up for that snakes on the plane grenade uh, <laughs> with Sam Jackson and David Ellis. What are you going to ask them if you get a chance? Can you guys do a sequel called Bears on the Bus? Bears on the Bus. <laughs> how, so exactly how many snakes are on this plane, and can we see all of them? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they took that into account. The family, they slipped through security because they are cold-blooded and they couldn't find any heat. <laughs> <laughs> like That's some kind of nonsense. No. Well, Pat, you've been out there for uh, what, two and a half days now. It's, uh, it's Friday. It's Friday evening, so. It is about yeah. It's about about five thirty Friday afternoon. Uh, Friday evening, I guess. It's been a pretty good show. It's been busy, and uh, you know, it's it's we've done a lot more business than we were doing last year. I can say that much for for the first two two and a half days. Well, I tell you what, since you're so kind to be our roving reporter uh, here, why don't you go ahead and plug what you are doing out in San Diego and tell us a little bit. Uh, you got a couple projects that you have on display out there, right? That's correct. Uh, we're at the Roman Studios booth number 2246. We are uh, promoting uh, and the Scar Tissue. Uh, Fast Armageddon, the first three issues are out, including a special sketchbook that's the, that's the convention exclusive, and the Scar Tissue number one through four, are they're all available here. Scar Tissue. Doing a, never, yeah, I've never heard of Scar Tissue. Yeah, Scar Tissue. Yeah, it, it's about <laughs> this kid who gets a heart transplant, and uh, it, it's a, it's a supervillain part. Pat, Pat, Pat we, we know. I'm just giving, is, I'm is, just giving I Dave know, problems. I know, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to, you know, I'm playing it off. Is Dave there with you? Dave is at the booth right now because he uh, he has nothing better to do. He's manning Dave the booth. would never watch snakes on a plane. <laughs> you, you, sk- no, you, <laughs> you skipped out on booth duty to go see the panel for snakes on a plane and left Dave to handle everything? Are you crazy? Well, Jim's there, too. Jim can take care of it. Jim's got to handle it. They got, they got this thing going. So what's been the highlight of the show for you so far? Uh, just meeting a bunch of people. I've met... Uh, I ran it. I got. I, I saw Phil Hester today. I picked up my commission from him, and it was it's a sweet Black Adam versus Doctor Doom piece that Andy Parks inked. Nice. And I, I saw. Uh, I met uh, Kieran Gillian yesterday. He gave me like a this. It's like a card that has like a page from Phonogram. I mentioned your show to him. Oh well, thank you. Did he tell you to? And he had. A, and he, had he had a lot of good things to say. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's refreshing. And uh, you know, I. Visited a few people and it's uh, and also uh, and pretty happy that we're making quite a bit of money. <laughs> well, all right, hey, that's well, what you're there for, right? Is it enough to finance your trip to uh, Chicago here in a couple weeks? Uh, Chicago been financed, so we're good. <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, we are really looking forward to seeing you again uh, this year. We, um, I know that I met you in person, and Sal, was that the first time you had met Pat in person last yeah. year? The last year was the first time we had met. And, and you're you're a very engaging person, Pat, and we're we're, we're looking <laughs> oh, forward to you. seeing you again. <laughs> So, uh, what, uh, what's been going on at the show as far as news-wise? Any big stories? Anything uh, come out of the show that we haven't heard about yet? Uh, I've heard something that I'm not really supposed... I can't talk to you about here, 
Where are what? Only people in San Diego are privileged to this information. You're you're just trying to piss us off, aren't you? What's that? You're just <laughs> trying to piss us off because only people in San Diego are privileged to this information. You can't come to the Midwest, <laughs> huh? Is that you're just rubbing it in that you're out there and we're not? Um, I'm kind of doing that, yeah. But, yeah, they they made some announcements, and then there was this little incident yesterday where, where Paul Jenkins was about to uh, headbutt Simone Bianchi over at the Civil War panel. He was about to headbutt him? Yeah, because, you know, he's Italian, and they were making some sloppy jokes. <laughs> Get it? Oh, jeez, you're kidding yeah. me. Paul Jenkins, uh, there was a, we were supposed to go to the uh, Marvel and DC baseball game yesterday, you know, I, we, we were supposed to drive Paul to the field, but he had to attend the Civil War panel first. thing was, the panel got way too long, and by the time we were done, and uh, Jim McCann handed uh, Paul his uh, his glove, he got off the stage, and he just looked at me and was like, we're not going to make it, are we? like, no, we're not going to make it, we might as well stick around here. Well, they didn't need him anyway, they won like 22 to 10 or something, didn't they, I think? Yeah, but, yeah, but who, who knows what would have happened if Paul made it on time? That's true. He could have had a lot of drop balls. <laughs> he could have made some errors and really, you know, changed the whole complexion of that game. Who knows what could have happened. Well, well, Pat, I think we're going we're gonna to let you go here, but uh, have a fantastic rest of the convention. We look forward to uh, hearing the rest of your report. And uh, thank you again for posting the Flickr page on the forum. It's been nice to follow yeah. your exploits out there through, uh, through the Flickr page. Yes, there'll be more photos tonight as well, so uh, check that out. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I just said that. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, Ronan. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very, very sexy. There's a lot of, you know, uh, photos of Dave in very compromising, very mm-hmm. sexy positions. Shirtless Dave so, selling books. So who got... Who oh, got, yes. Who, you can see that. <laughs> who, who got the drunkest last night? Um... I don't know because I had to leave early last night because I had to uh, I had some personal business to take care of. But uh, you know, I, I, all I can tell you is that Peter Rios likes to drink girly drinks. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, and Pat. I, and there, we have photos to prove it. <laughs> you, you have no idea how much that just made my day. <laughs> all right, Pat. Well, hey, you right. have you have a great one, and uh, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. We'll see you there. All right. Have Bye. a great one, man. See you, Pat. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we'd like to thank Pat Loika for uh, joining us there from San Diego. Pat. Um, Sal, you probably know Pat more than, than anyone else on the panel here. You can tell us a little bit about him. Pat was uh, was one of my imaginary friends I had met <laughs> off, off the uh, Bendis board a few years ago, and he's uh, just one of the genuinely nicest, funniest uh, guys <laughs> I've met. Uh, I got to meet him last year at uh, in person, finally, at... Um, Wizard World Chicago, he came out, and he uh, he does a book with his brother called Path Path to Armageddon, mm-hmm. um, which you can get through Ronin Studios, Ronin-Studios.com, and uh, he's just a great guy. He's just uh, just uh, he love loves everything about comics. He's a huge comic fan. He one of the most positive people I've ever yeah. Read. He and yeah. and he if you ever meet him, just let him tell you his stories from working in a hotel because <laughs> I mean he's got some of the most outrageous, crazy. 
stories that you will just get get there going no no there's no way that's real but they're all real and they're Mm -hmm. hilarious when i stay in hotels i act insane (laughs) so i don't doubt it you know but he's not a good guy in chicago that was cool to to hear from all bicycle shorts that's all it's gonna be (laughs) for a whole weekend guys so get ready i tell you what let's uh let's call up uh roving reporter number two uh bernie burning gonzalez so we're gonna intrepid so, Sal, yes. since you met him on the internet, would you consider yourself an internet friendophile? Um, Hunting down friends. I don't know what that means, words. but... It was a poorly worded joke. Oh, that I sorry. I could pronounce better. You're just biding time while the phone's ringing, aren't you? No, I'm just lonely. I didn't have any friends until <laughs> I, I met no you guys. I have no real friends. Bernie? We have a... a I wonder where Bernie's at. He might be hanging with Ving Rhames or something. We're getting ready to leave Bernie a really mean Snakes voicemail. Snakes on Bernie. Jesus no Christ. Bernie. Bernie. Bernie Gonzalez. Please leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. This is Tom. Bernie. Tom, please record your message. God, we're when so you finish stupid. recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Press 5. No, press 1. No. Press. Enter the phone number. Oh, you oh, screwed it up. Forget it. To cancel, press dot. <sighs> Thank number God we edit this show. Around Comics is experiencing some technical difficulties. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. All right. Uh, we do have, uh, well, we had a guest, but he left. And we uh, have another guest. Matt S. is here. All and, sorts of people. and we have <laughs> Hello, everyone. a surprise guest. Um, I don't know if he wants to be on, on the show or not, but uh, Mike Norton is in the in the house. That's the if he doesn't say anything, people will yeah. think that we're lying. Yeah, we're li- <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll vouch for it. People know I tell the truth. What? People know I tell the truth. He's here. Well, you know, before we go much further, I would <laughs> like to elicit from Tom a complete apology to Neil Gaiman and all his fans yes. from last week. Yes, Tom. Tom, I think you have that prepared. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Neil Gaiman. You're not a pussy. Um, I'm kind of a pussy because I almost. I kind of got teary-eyed while I was reading two comics this week, so t- I guess technically that makes you tougher than me. <laughs> um, were they Neil? Were they his comics? <laughs> oh God! It was no. Eternals, wasn't it? You were no, it wasn't Eternals. <laughs> when I Karis was in the the boiling. <laughs> it fire. was Elephant Man. Elephant Man, which we'll talk about yeah. later. I'm sorry, dude. And <laughs> embarrassingly, Justice League of America. I'm such a okay. goddamn woman. Sorry, Neil. Sorry, Neil Gaiman's publicist. Oh Jesus. Sorry, Tor- Tori yeah, Amos. <laughs> All right. Well, we got no Bernie. We did talk to Pat. Uh, San Diego Con's going on. We're not there. Um, our guest, uh, Scott Johnson, is here, but he's getting food right now. So this is a complete train wreck. Uh, we're going to take a break. <laughs> we at Around Comics would like to apologize for the technical difficulties we are experiencing. We know it sucks, but hey, it's free. Well, we finally got a hold of Bernie. So, Bernie, how you doing, man? Not too bad. I'm actually right in the middle of San Diego right now, and uh, it's been this is the second day, and it's just twice as crowded as yesterday, so I can't wait for tomorrow. So it's you and 100,000 of your closest friends? Uh, I, yeah, if there weren't 100,000 here right now, I wouldn't be surprised. The people traffic is insane. Uh, I've only ever been to Wizard Chicago before, so my expectations of the show were huge, but... This is big. This is a big place. 
Now, you've got something big going on out there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Have you met Ving Rams, Ving Rams yet? Ving Rams. <laughs> no, we have not. Uh, but uh, we did have uh, Scorched Earth, one of the projects that I'm the writer on. Tim Irwin is the artist on. And it was accepted into the Comic Book Challenge contest that was held uh, between Platinum Studios and NBC. Uh, we got through all the judging yesterday. Uh, Bing, uh, Mr. Ving Rames uh, bailed out at the last second. That son so of a... It was a little bad, but at the same time, uh, I mean, nothing against Ving and his work, but really the feedback we were looking for was from Mark Silvestri being a veteran of the industry and uh, Gail Ann Hurd, uh, who's one of the most powerful producers in Hollywood. I mean, Armageddon, uh, let's see here, the Men in Black series, uh, the Terminator movies. So she's done quite a few. So how'd it go? Uh, the Hulk, obviously, too. Um, but uh, we did that, went through the panel, took most of the day. At the end of the day, unfortunately, we didn't get the call. Uh, no. Turns out three other projects did make it. Uh, you know, we, we lost the lesbian pirates from outer space. Well, what do you expect? So it, I mean, of course you did. It's hard to compete against a title like that, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to agree with that, Bernie. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean it's, it's like snakes on a plane. You know what you're getting into before you walk into the movie theater. So we actually, uh, no, just, I mean it yeah. was uh, it was anything. You know, we're taking it in stride because it was a great opportunity, and to hear uh, uh, the whole judges, uh, you know, people, Hollywood Reporter representatives say that it was a great project, and that sort of uh, mutated into a lot of other meetings that we've had uh, essentially this morning, and I think we might see some of these projects come out a little sooner than we expected. Well, good. Awesome. You got exposure, and that's you know maybe it'll it'll end up being uh, even a better thing than than if you had absolutely uh, yeah. I mean uh, the networking opportunities in San Diego are unbelievable. It seems like everyone is here. Uh, we were at the Marriott Bar. We turned around, and there was Seth Green, and he was as short as you would expect him to be. <laughs> did you punch him in the face? <laughs> no, we, we didn't punch him in the face, Tom. But <laughs> I did ask him about monkeys, and he did talk about it for a little bit. I think he has a monkey fetish himself. So maybe, you know, if you were here, you could talk to him. You guys get shove along. That's friends. I want you to shove a famous person <laughs> and then pretend like it was an I accident. Did, I did meet Craig McCracken, who's the creator of Powerpuff Girls. Uh, I didn't so much shove him as just sort of uh, get pushed into him. Nice. I'll close enough. That. Close, close enough. enough. What, what's been your highlight of the show so far? Uh, let's see. I uh, got to meet the designer for The Incredibles, Ted Matthot. Uh, got an interview with him. Uh, Got to meet Dan Stakai, the creator of Usagi Ojimbo. Got an interview with him also, so you guys can look forward to that. Uh, let's see, uh, meeting Mark Silvestri was uh, got to meet in person with him this morning, talk to him a little further. Uh, so I, I probably have to say Dan Stakai. I mean, it was just interesting to see a man who's devoted, you know, that 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 much time and those many years into one project. Awesome. Well, you got anything that you're looking forward to here in the next couple of days before you wrap up? Uh, yeah, got a lot more interviews with a lot more creators set up, so I uh, should keep some of the listeners busy on some of the uh, San Diego action here. Uh, but no, this is uh, just a really big event. There's a lot of here, a lot of people here I'm meeting for the first time, so it's it's just uh, really exciting. And it's my first time here, so it's uh, it's all new to me. So it's really great. So anyone that's not here, we'll try to uh, you know give you the vicarious experience uh, through the podcast. But if you've never been to San Diego, and like I said, this is my first time, you got to be here to believe it. Awesome. Don't make it sound too awesome. <laughs> like trying. And, 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 they, and they do have just random animals running through the uh, convention center, so you got to watch out for that. No monkeys, Tom, but still, it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty crazy. It's a zoo. Have you seen any like sexy Klingons or anything yet? Ooh. Uh, no, Is there I any other type of Klingon, Klingon Chris? 
I did see a Klingon in a wheelchair. Uh, she obviously didn't walk away from that battle unscathed. Uh, uh, seen a lot of uh, very interestingly dressed women. Uh, I'll say that for for the podcasting purposes. Oh, oh. well, Bernie, you uh, you enjoy yourself. We're gonna we're gonna let you go, but have a great uh, rest of your con out there, and we're looking forward to uh, hooking up with you next week. Hello, I'm Kieran Gillen, writer of Phonogram and, well, just Phonogram. You're listening to Around Comics. All right, and that'll finish up uh, our uh, San Diego Comic-Con coverage with our ranging reporter. So is, uh, well, it won't quite, because Bernie's going to, we, we sent Bernie down oh, there with, right. a, with a microphone and, or a, a little recorder, and he's going to get a bunch of interviews with different people uh, d- while he's down there, and we're going to play him on the show next week. I'm so. hoping that he talks to uh, the Klingon in the wheelchair. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a fascinating... Uh, Interview. I wish but, I knew uh, Klingon right now. Give <laughs> it to Kirk. <laughs> so on. that'll uh, yeah, that'll be that. We'll uh, we'll get all sorts of good good stuff from. Yeah, those I guys think we're gonna week. I think we're gonna cobble together part of a show with that, and uh, there's a few of them that I think may pop up as some Easter eggs. So a little bit more incentive to well, uh, go to more around. Yeah, more more work for Sal, but Fast. more reason for you to go to around. Fuckers. <laughs> Is it harder for you to put it together into a show or to put it as Easter eggs? Really don't easy. tell me. It's just really do easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate you both. All right, guys. Let's uh, move on to today's topic. This week's topic, we are discussing licensing in comics, whether it's products being labeled with comic book properties or entertainment properties from other mediums translating to comics. It's big business. Our guest today has an inside look at the world of comic book licensing, so that's where we're going to start. Um, Scott, how did you end up focusing a lot of your art towards the licensing part of the industry? Um, well, I really just kind of fell into my lap. I, uh, was, I was working for many years uh, as an illustrator uh, in the role-playing game industry. Decided I wanted to get into the superheroes. So um, <clears throat> I uh, worked up uh, you know, a couple of samples and uh, just started posting it around on the Internet. <clears throat> and uh, I uh, posted it on uh, one website, uh, gutterzombie.com. And uh, there were a lot of pros there that hang out, and I just kind of half-jokingly said, hey, if any of you guys at Marvel or, you know, Marvel want to pass this on to your editor, go ahead. And um, two days later, I got a call from Marvel, and they, they bought my sample piece, and they started giving me work immediately. Wow. So wow. they just sort of, they said, yeah, we need a guy that do, does exactly what you do for our licensing stuff. Do you want work? And I'm like, uh, sure. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. No, I'm busy. I, yeah. Well, yeah, right. Were you a comic book fan growing up? And, Always. Or, or was it just yeah. a, stri- so it wasn't just a strategic move of, you know, Marvel's going to pay more than D&D or, or whatever? No, I had, well, I've always been a, a comic book fan, um, specifically Marvel, uh, since I was like five years old. And, um... So I had, but I was also a fan of role-playing games and uh, that kind of stuff, you know, as a teenager. So I got into the role-playing games first and did that for several years. Kind of got burnt out on it, so that's when I just decided to make a shift and and shoot for the comic book market. Not that the comic market was, like, doing great in, you know, five years ago. Uh, Even that wasteland of role-playing games. (laughs) Right, exactly. Milk and honey world of comics. (laughs) Precisely. Your 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 role playing stuff, and uh, you have, and I guess we should go ahead and talk about it now. Um, you're up for an Ernie Award, is that correct? Uh, it's an Ernie, Ernie, yeah, Ernie, Ernie. Post editing, yeah. <laughs> you're up for an Ernie Award. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I saw the piece that that is uh, has been uh, nominated for that, and it's it's creepy as hell. I just want to say that. 
He gave me nightmares. <laughs> in a good way, though. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what role-playing games did you do stuff for? Sorry, I just oh. stepped over Chris's... Over, over my career, I've I done... Li- I'm on. probably most known for riffs and other games by Palladium Books, uh, like uh, Heroes Unlimited, Palladium Fantasy, oh, Nightbane, stuff I like that. I played Heroes Unlimited. Yeah. I loved Heroes Unlimited. <laughs> <Yeah, sorry. laughs> Those are I still around? Teenage Mutant oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles I didn't, I didn't know that. Riffs is like the... That's the... Plug and play any kind of pretty much every genre you can think of. Really? Yeah, yeah you can. It was a yeah. cool system because that was around when I was a kid. So it's still it's going strong. Around. Yeah. Well, wow. I, the the cover that um, Chris is talking about is that after 15 years, the game this finally they released a kind of a, a revised edition, <coughs> and they're calling it the Ultimate Edition because I guess Ultimate's the hot word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's pretty. And awesome. so they and for after like I said, 15 years of the original uh, Keith Parkinson cover, I was asked to do a new cover for the new edition. Which was at, uh, kind of an honor for me because I was a huge Keith Parkinson fan growing up, mm-hmm. and so to be able to do the new cover, uh, it was kind of bittersweet though because as I was working on this cover, I found out that he was uh, battling cancer, which he eventually which he eventually died from. I didn't know. Yeah, so huh? uh, he passed away this past year, and so uh, but uh, yeah. the the cover that I that I did um, really kind of I really borrowed a lot from him and you know his stylings and uh, I'm I'm. I'm thrilled that it's up for this award because it's, it's up. It's nominated for best cover of the year in role playing. Um, uh, actually, voting is going on right now. It's how, up, how do people vote for it? Well, you can go to uh, <coughs> www.nworld.org uh, forward slash n e e n n i e forward slash voting dot html. Sounds like something to put on the board. Or there's a thread on our forum. Yeah. Yeah. writing it as no, Yeah, so it's nworld.org forward slash nes forward slash voting dot html. And um, <laughs> yeah, I've got it written down. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm under the nominated under the best cover category, and it's for the Rifts Ultimate Edition by Palladium Books. And Palladium is actually also nominated for uh, the Fan Choice Award for Best Publisher. So so uh, Scott. You can, um, when you posted that picture originally on the board, I, I'm kind of a D and D nerd, mm-hmm. and I grew up with all that stuff too. Uh, and uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, look who's talking, Monkey Boy. Anyway, right. I mean, before you even said anything, I I posted a message. And I was like, wow, you know, that that really reminds me of, of Keith Parkinson stuff. So it's kind of cool to see that you <coughs> took that as an influence. But are there wow. any other fantasy um, illustrators or any of those big guys like uh, Larry Elmore or any of those other guys that you? think of as influences? Oh, definitely. I've, I've kind of, as a lot of artists and, and Mike can probably attest to, is you just kind of absorb just, just all, any, anywhere you can uh, you find it, you, you absorb things. And, you know, you go through a period as a young artist where you, you kind of mimic this guy and then mimic that guy, and eventually it just kind of all gets absorbed into your own style. Are, are there any artists that you've trampled? And defeated completely. <laughs> there was a not absorb, but just <laughs> you have you face each other in Mortal Kombat yeah. and absorb draw, their power. <laughs> there can only be one. Well, you know, I've been through a lot of phases. There, uh, uh, there was. I a, think he's going to answer this. Yeah. No, no, I haven't actually like destroyed. No, destroyed, destroyed in the way where I tried to be like them and I sucked at it. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Yeah, Larry Elmore's um, head. No, I, 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 I tried to draw, like, Barry, uh, uh, Brady Wrightson for a while, and, and uh, that was just way too much work. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to draw, like, Dale Keown for a while, and then, um, but... Not enough yeah. drugs? <laughs> Didn't have... A lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I've, I've eventually, you know, I've got... I love Michael Whalen's work, uh, you know, Larry Elmore, uh, uh, 
you know, uh, obviously Frank Frazetta. I mean, just just uh, a, a lot of influences from everywhere, from from fantasy, science fiction, comic books, uh, yeah. you name it. And now well, you're exclusively doing work for Marvel, or yeah. so you. Does that mean that you are the exclusive artist for Marvel merchandising, or you can only work? I can only work for Marvel right now. I'm okay. under contract with Marvel, and so I. So I was just about to ask. I wonder if like, I didn't. I was going about to ask if uh, DC and Marvel fought over artists like that for their licensing stuff. Um, that'd I, be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that on news. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah, because like, like, yeah, suck cause that DC. <laughs> <laughs> the, ni- the nice thing about you know the licensing is is it pays good, but the, right. the, I, but nobody knows who I am because it's like you know I, I don't. Oh, yeah, my name yeah. my name right, doesn't right, go right. up on news around right, and that right, kind of totally. stuff. Yeah. When I signed an exclusive well, contract. It that didn't make be, news. That would be awesome. <laughs> so it's like, take this. This, this is the man who's going to design but you know all the Spider-Man sheets. I've so. seen plenty. I've seen plenty of exclusive announcements on Newsarama where I was like, who the? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Good I guess. Written. I guess that's good. For, uh, yeah. Where's mine? I want <laughs> yeah. If that guy, I don't even know who that. Guy I just is. signed an exclusive with DC actually. Then. Well, I used to. I used to reading, I, enjoying. <laughs> Well, Crank and I were gonna say that we were exclusive with McDonald's. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> for for doing like the licensing uh, type stuff, uh, have you ever done like sequential type stuff, or is it just really that sort of? No, it's um, I've I've never even attempted sequential art. Okay. Um, at this point, in my career, I'm kind of scared to because I'm afraid I'll suck at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, so how do you how do you approach sort of? So I well everything I do is like you know single Im- single image illustrations yeah. and that's what I was trained as as an illustrator and so that's what I've been doing this whole time is uh, whether it was interior art for the role playing games or book covers novel covers and now the stuff I'm doing is ended up on action figure <coughs> packages and, and and things like that and calendar covers and well I've seen bed some, some of the stuff that you've done is uh, like cityscapes like mm-hmm. I, I I even maybe even recognize it for some Spider Man stuff that was used I is that is that what it ended up being used for it was like you know a, a um, three-point perspective city scenes that you know Spider-Man would be swinging around well, in. What Marvel does is um, they add, the reason they like what I do is because I work digitally, and and doing that I can separate the characters from the backgrounds mm-hmm. using Photoshop and put them on separate layers, which is something you can't do, yeah, uh, you know, with with an oil painting, and. Uh, that way, they can move the character around, they can pull a character out, they can put another character on top of it. It's basically, so I can do these, the characters and the backgrounds independently, and what then Marvel does is they build libraries of artwork that's basically, essentially mix and match artwork. Yep. They have, they'll build a, like there's a Spider-Man style guide and an X-Men style guide. I, I used to work for a, a huge office products company, mm-hmm. and one of their... Uh, one of their branches was um, school um, supplies, mm-hmm. and, you know, like the art boxes and folders yeah. and that kind of stuff. And they had a deal with Marvel, and that was I was a designer for it. Mm-hmm. And you get the email from Marvel: here's your password and and log in. And you go there, and you you can't get to the X Men stuff because you haven't paid for the license with that. But right. you can get to X spider-man files on on their server and download those mm-hmm. and those are the those are the ones that your company has worked out that deal to you know to put on you know the art box or the lunch box or whatever and you know, I didn't keep any of 
that <laughs> after I not. left, <laughs> and it's on a screensaver on my computer now. But um, but yeah, I've got a bunch of uh, like um, uh, uh, Bagley artwork that I know is Bagley stuff that Marvel uses in licensing. So right. and it was and it was exactly what you're saying. You had backgrounds, and then you had characters that were that were separated from those backgrounds, and it was all digital. Right. So the designers, the guys like me that started out as artists, but then washed out before we got like you know you and Mike and became designers. You know yeah. that's that we can use it. So well, and there's the critics. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting for me because when I go through the like a store like a Walmart or a Target or whatever, I get to see what the graphic designers like you have done with with my illustration. How, how we've destroyed I, your work. Well, no, because it's, because you know I, I'll my my son. I, mean, I have a four year old boy, and my son ha- must have four different T-shirts. And with the same Spider-Man, but it's all like has been they've they've slapped different backgrounds, different graphic effects, different things to make it all. And it's a, it's the same Spider-Man, but it's redesigned and repackaged in different ways, and so they get a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah. And it's really fun whenever you have a large format printer at work and you make like an eight-foot Spider-Man that's crawling down <laughs> the your office wall. Most fun, <laughs> <laughs> of all time. Wow. <laughs> the eight-foot Spider-Man. Uh, so you guys win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, when did act- you make the decision to go all digital? I mean, I'm assuming you were trained, you know, in the classic illustration of, of pencil, ink, paint. I, uh, well, in, in college, you know, I've, I, I got an illustration, a bachelor's in illustration degree, and they, they basically, that was really before digital art came, this was back in the early 90s. Um, and so, yeah, I, the, you know, my, my training was originally in, in acrylic paints and some oils and, and, and pen and ink. Um, uh, when I entered in, when I graduated and entered into the role-playing illustration, it was pretty much all black and white pen and ink work. And uh, I didn't even bother to get in. At that same time, there was the big hit with, like, Magic the Gathering, and mm-hmm. everybody was jumping into doing like, the cards Yards and the and painting. The, yeah. And I remember when Magic the Gathering first uh, first hit, and I looked at him, and I'm like, oh, you know what, that's silly, it's just a fad, it'll never, it'll never get big. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to hell with you, magic cards. <laughs> Kids will never play that game. Right, pretty much. So I decided. To, so um, I, I really didn't uh, get into do, do much painting at that time. I decided instead to really just kind of focus on the the pen and ink work. And I did that for like seven years, just interior illustrations for different role playing games, just all just straight pen and ink, black and white. Wow. Um, so wait, you. You were doing you were doing pen and ink for seven years, and then all of a sudden decided you were going to paint. Uh, it, that's when I decided. Because I'm to go about digital. to jump over here. And and to my guns. <laughs> no, sounds like a visit from the devil. I, I have. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I, I went down to the crossroads <laughs> and played my harmonica, and all of a sudden I can paint like a mofo. <laughs> it. Um. I. <laughs> Spill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spill it's out. Because I'm about to go buy a Cincy. This is why you don't hear many guests on the Crankcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're afraid. Well, you can do Norton's this thing throw I down can. the gauntlet here. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, did you? I mean, I'm, uh, I'm assuming yeah. you had a background in What, pen, what happened was my... You don't I, just pick it up and say, Durr! While I was <laughs> While I was doing the, the pen and ink stuff. Uh, in the late '90s, my my wife bought me a tablet just to kind of uh, just kind of like you know piddle around with. It's a nice wife. And uh, I was doing uh, website design at the time, so I was uh, I was kind of I, I kind of cut my teeth with the tablet and digital coloring on the website, doing website graphics um, <coughs> on the side. Uh, and <clears throat> I was just kind of a stroke of luck at the time. Uh, a company called Precedence Entertainment 
lice, which was uh, did, which did trading card games like Wheel of Time and uh, Terminator mm. and, and some other uh, big time licenses. Uh, they licensed the Rifts license to do a Rifts trading card game, and they contacted me and they said we want you to do a whole bunch of cards for Rifts, and I had never done any professional color work, um, and certainly never any painted work. And so I said, okay, sure. Mike's got a sure. brain popping yeah. out of <laughs> <laughs> I'm glued to my seat. <laughs> so they, they pretty much they, they offered me the work uh, just basically because of my association with, with Riffs, even though I'd never done any color work. I didn't have any color but on my But you had the history of, of the company and the product. Right. And, and so I said, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll do like 10 cards. And so I immediately started, okay, well, I better start <laughs> and, learning, uh, how to learning how to trial do Trial by that. fire. Trial by fire, absolutely. And I... I pretty much used it, used that job to, to learn on the job. I put in way more hours than I should have. Right. Um, and they ended up um, not paying me and going out of business anyway. <laughs> but, well, you, but you learned. But I learned. Yeah. <laughs> were, they, were they ever published? Um, some of the cards were published. The, the company uh, released, like, the first set of cards. Okay. And then, but they were way in over their head. They, they had they had licensed way so many different uh, uh, intellectual properties, and right. were doing so many different games. Uh, they uh, so they went out of business, and so uh, some of the cards were printed, not all of them. Uh, Palladium has since kind of reprinted them here and there, kind of used them as book covers in there, and tr to try and throw me a little bit of money for for what hmm. I lost. But uh, you know, I, I lost. I probably got screwed out of about two grand on that job. Right. But um, I what I learned while doing them was invaluable right. because then that led to book covers. Right. I started doing the role-playing game covers for riffs. I started awesome. doing novel covers for uh, like Warhammer 40K and, and, and Games Workshop. I did a cover for the Warhammer uh, monthly comic book and different things like that. Um, and then that led to uh, you know uh, the superhero work. What was, the, what was your first superhero work? Um... The the test piece that I did for my portfolio that Marvel bought ended up on the, for the cover okay. of the 2005 Spider-Man calendar. Wow, Ooh. nice! <laughs> so, I was just messing around. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, like being a, an amateur model, and next thing you know, your pictures uh, you're on the cover of the SI swimsuit issue. It's not that big of a deal. That's pretty cool. I think I'll go price these tablets. <laughs> Now, you uh, need a wife to buy it for you, or the well, magic doesn't work. A lot of guys now are using it even for, uh, a lot of anchors are switching digital and doing digital yeah. inking, and I know pencilers that are starting to do digital pencil. Well, didn't, yeah, didn't Dave say that he's doing his new stuff all he, digitally? He's inking. He, he, what, inking. He, oh, okay. he still pencils, but he's inking and grayscaling digitally. I'm, I know lots of people that are doing it. I, I personally, there's, not, not I'm not like a Luddite or anything, but I just... <laughs> Number two pencil and I, there, there's something there's Rough something paper. <laughs> there's something kind of zen about getting into the process of the whole drawing thing, but I'm I'm just enough of a a tech guy nerd that is so interested in that part that I just want to learn how to do it. There's a part of me that you know I'm I'm sitting at my computer all day long and I've got my drafting table behind me in my office and I kind of like look over to it like like wishing I could break out the old Windsor Newton brush and just right. just for the fun of it. Well, because, I'm you know. I'm I'm the opposite. When where I'm I, I'm drawing all day and then I look and I'm I know maybe three shortcuts in Photoshop. You know, it's just like <laughs> while people like you and a lot of other guys I know just like. Check me out. There's five keys you yeah. can hit at the same time in Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> wow! <laughs> right? Yeah. Holy crap! I just hit the Spider-Man key on my keyboard <laughs> and pow! Yeah. Let, let, me, let me put this way: I've got an old Thayer Model A and a air compressor. I'll sell you really cheap. 
I do too. <laughs> I, I don't know what those are for. It's an airbrush. Oh, okay. I, was, I, was, I was walking yeah. through Crank's house the other day, and he had. I just I tripped over it, and I was like, "What is this?" He's like, "It's just an airbrush." I was like, "You know how to use an airbrush?" He's like, "No." He just has that. <laughs> it's like a confrontational. Is it confrontational about owning it too? Is well, he like, "No." Only when I make fun of stuff. <laughs> we we moved recently to a new house, and my wife's like, "You're gonna throw out this airbrush compressor?" I'm like, "It still works." She's like, "You haven't used it in like <laughs> yeah, ten exactly. years." Yeah. I'm like, "But." You should airbrush one thing and then show it to her and say, look, I couldn't have done this. A license plate. (laughs) Do a Ferrari. I I have a Tupac t-shirt. I have a a nice 6x9 tablet I could probably sell you, Mike, because it ain't doing me any damn good. I bought it it thinking that I could use it, and, you know, I'm just not... I don't have any talent, so... One thing I have noticed, though, for you is that for for penciling, I I always hated penciling on the tablet, so what I would do is I would draw with regular pencil... And then I would scan that. That's in. probably what I would end up doing. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll never say never. But I don't see myself ever going to that. I just it. want. He said never. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I would like to see what I can do. Because yeah. I, I mean, I I'm got at- friends like. Well, we were talking about Tony Moore, mm-hmm. who's who does a lot of stuff on. The, he doesn't draw on the computer, but he does a lot of his own coloring. And uh, he wasn't always doing that. And just to watch him get better and better at that is just like, I'm just wasting my time. I need to start learning how to do something. Well, now that I've got the Cintiq, which is uh, basically, it's, it's a 21-inch LCD monitor that allows me to draw directly onto the monitor. So I'm not working on a tablet anymore. Nice. Working on a tablet is kind of awkward. Jesus, that's like Star Trek. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even know something like that. It's your brain. And <laughs> your I just, I just think, think I, something. I, I, and it's, it's my laser paper. <laughs> But the, the, the Cintiq is great. It's all it's made by Wacom, which is the same company that makes all the tablets. It's a 21 inch monitor that oh, that yeah. I, and I just draw it directly with, out a, with, a, with a tab like a tablet. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's it, it, about 2,500 bucks. Yeah. They run. Um, Damn, I know what I'm asking for for Christmas. I won't built, use it. But. It's built with the same technology as the Intuos 3, which is the the uh, their, their you know the current pro, the pro level tablet. Okay. Um, and it's great. I love it. And it because I'm drawing directly onto the surface of the screen, it's much easier to draw right. from scratch right. now. I don't have to draw in pencil, scan that mm-hmm. in, and then color over it. I can just do everything right digitally. Well, one of the things that I, that I've noticed from your site, which is scottjohnsonart.com, yes, um, is that. A lot of your stuff is either all original, or you actually do coloring over a lot of pencils. And yeah. uh, like, uh, there's some Bagley uh, Spider-Man stuff, I believe that that you did some coloring on. But but you seem to do you do both. You do, I do completely uh, yeah. original, but you also finish a lot of people's work. Well, what they do uh, in uh, with with uh, Marvel's creative department uh, in order to do the licensing art is they they just. Um, they get the stuff from any source they can. So sometimes I'm I'm drawing the figures from and, and working them up from scratch. Um, sometimes they'll hire another pencil to draw something <coughs> first, um, uh, and then I'll come in and do the digital painted technique over those pencilers. So you know I've I've worked over uh, Steve Epting, Sean Chen, Dale Keown, um, uh, and, and uh, Tom Marvelli, uh, uh, and uh, you know a lot of Tom stuff I do. Uh, and then there are times where they just pull something from, they just pull a comic book panel from the, you know, the past 30 years of comics, and they'll say, okay, do the figure based on this. That's got to be kind of cool, though, because it's like an homage kind of thing. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and, it's, and sometimes, but the interesting thing is, like, for me, like, okay, they've got a specific look 
for Spider-Man now. They, and all the Spider-Man in Spider-Man style guide has to be stylistically, uh, you know, pretty much the same. But I'm sometimes I'm working over Steve Epting pencils, so, so, so and sometimes I'm working, uh, you know, Terry Dodson. Sometimes it's uh, you know something from a comic book, so it could you know they could give me a Bagley or a Romita or or a McFarlane and the end product has to look all the same. So I'm doing a lot of changing and manipulating and tweaking so it's so it's all consistent. I know that there was a lot of uh, a lot of buzz and speculation a few years ago after the first X-Men movie came out that there was a big push in the comics to make the characters in X-Men look more like the the actors. Do you ever get that from the art side where they're like, you know, Wolverine needs to look a little bit more like Hugh Jackman? You know, do you ever get any sort of input that they need to look more like a movie property? Um, well, for the products, uh, we're either uh, doing products. You know, if if the, if the if the film company hires Marvel to do the art that's going to end up on on the licensed products. Um, then yes, then I have to make it look exactly like the actors. And so, like for instance, when the Fantastic Four movie came out, Fox hired Marvel to do the, the art. So I was doing, uh, um, you know, and and uh, I also think, um, uh, uh, oh, I forget his name, but there was a couple other artists working on the job, and uh, yeah, we were specifically had to make it look exactly like you know Jessica Alba and or worst job yeah right no I, I had why do you have all these pictures of Jessica Alba on your computer I had the single greatest editor's note I've ever gotten from any art director is when I was working on a, a thing of, of Sue Storm from the movie and, uh, and you know I was trying to make it as much as Jessica Alba as much as, as much as I can and the revision I got back was said was work on her cleavage more. Okay. That's just a form letter they send out to all Marvel <laughs> artists. Aroundcomics.com, your source for discussion, news, and reviews about your favorite comics and creators. New podcasts available every Monday. Go to www.aroundcomics.com. I was just going to ask because uh, before we started recording, you were talking about this a little bit with the style guide. Um, because for a long time, like, those style guys are so conservative. You know, for like 30 years, Marvel was using the Remita Senior Spider-Man on all their merchandise, even in the 90s. And, uh, you know, these are the Kurt Swan Superman. All the, like, how does, it, I mean, how do they decide on those kind of looks? Like, you were saying that they just decided to go back to the kind of older, more normal-looking Spider-Man. Do you, do you have any input on how, I mean, how do they come up with, like, what, what look is, like, the iconic look i really don't know how they make the decision they they you know decide on a specific look for the character a specific costume uh and they they, they decide all that internally and then they just basically tell me how to do it and so they'll say okay this is how you know wolverine looks and in fact sometimes they complain that the comic artists uh, the comic book artists kind of like go off and do their own thing and kind of change it up and manip- and there's really you know no way to change that but um uh, or they'll say this is how Cyclops is going to look on all the products, and so I have to make it consistent. And so I really don't have any input. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I think they're, you know, they'll say, you know, we want to kind of look like this, and you're doing the first representation of this character in the style guide. So my version pretty much sets the standard. My, my experience in marketing would be that whenever you have a new lead person over a marketing department or a marketing area, whether it would be style guides or, or whatever licensing properties that, that they're over, 
a new person's going to come in and they're going to say, okay, we're changing things. Mm-hmm. And that's when things get freshened up. Mm-hmm. Or you have a forward-thinking marketing director or, or head of a department that will say, okay, it's time to freshen things up. So most of that is, is decided because of changes in personnel a lot of the times. And, and sometimes it's the retailers themselves that have input. because mm-hmm. they're Retailers the always yes. have <laughs> input. <laughs> well, but, well, like well, you mentioned, the, the, the Spider-Man, and uh, they were, uh, you know, the, the, it was the retailers uh, were kind of asking for uh, another version of Spider-Man other than the, uh, uh, you know, the Mark Bagley that was out there, uh, and which is in, if you've gone through a Target or Walmart, you know, Bagley stuff is used on just about everything, um, and there, it, it's continued to, but there's still, but the, the, uh, the retailers were looking for an alternate version, a more classic version, and so uh, what they've started to do now is offer an alternate classic version of Spider-Man um, uh, to, to also put on the products as well. So now you've got, you know, the kind of the ultimate uh, version of Spider-Man on some of the kids' products, and then you've got the more classic version of Spider-Man on other products, just depending on what it is. I just think it's fascinating, kind of with the, you know, we get so caught up in all this day-to-day kind of crap about, oh, he's changing his costume, and look at that, and he did this, and, you know, now Spider-Man looks this way, and you think they're going to have him unmask in the movie, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think this, like you said, you used, they used the same image for, like, 30 years. So the general public, like they don't care about any of this crap that happens. Like no, to them, I mean, the, the Spider-Man is the guy that he looked like in the '60s, and that's well, because it's what an he is. iconic character. Right. When, some characters are, are become icons, and those <clears throat> characters are pretty much untouchable. That's like when okay, when Spider-Man puts on an orange and gold robotic costume, and people freak out. It's like okay, he's not gonna stay like that. Cause right, I, right. Because I'm drawing Spider-Man the way he's always looked, yeah. and you know they're not changing. Well, in the world of marketing, when he when the character becomes a brand. That's, yeah, that's, it's like Coke. You're not going to go put the new Spider-Man costume on the not new Coke. Not going to get a new Coke recipe <laughs> yeah. or anything. It's like new, yeah, Oops. you saw how that worked. Coke out. on masks. So, Coke yeah. on masks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Certain characters, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Spider-Man, the costumes, yeah. they're just untouchable. You just, you're not going to change it. And if you, and the comic books do change it temporarily, mm-hmm. Electric Blue Superman or whatever, yeah. it's not going to be permanent. Well, because he would be Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch can always go. <laughs> Scarlet Witch can always go, no Coke too. Yeah. And yeah. It all <laughs> no Crystal Pepsi. What's the process like uh, the other direction as far as how much input they give you depending on the product um, is there a lot of input as far as this is what we're looking for this is the I don't want to say story behind the piece but is there any of that as far as um, you know this is what the the piece is going to be used for but we're trying to convey a certain message or uh, how much input do they give you depending on what the piece is well I have to make um, the characters very mass market friendly. So I don't have a lot of creative freedom that, like, say, the comic book artists would have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, because and because of the way the, the style guides are set up, I have to make all the characters kind of like this generic lighting because it's going to be uh, because it is a mix and match situation where they're going to be the, the graphic designer is going to be slapping it, it could be slapping it on any background or anything. Right. So I can't do like real super dr- dramatic li- uh, lighting. Um, I can't get crazy with the colors. There's very specific colors they want me to use. Mostly very bright, shiny, saturated colors because that's what sells more products, you know. So I re- really have to, you know, use these, you know, very <coughs> bright, uh, you know, almost to the point, I, you know, I, I don't want to say garish colors, but sometimes, you know, because I, you know, I, I guess, you know, somebody's done market studies and decided, yeah, bright, bright shiny lights, yeah, bright absolutely, shiny lights. it sells, it sells the merchandise. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and then there are there are certain things that they they say, you know, they'll they'll say, okay, do this version of Punisher. 
um, but we want you to do a version of him with the guns and then also a version of without the guns because Walmart doesn't want uh, wa Walmart doesn't want you to show Punisher with guns which is kind of funny because you can buy a gun at Walmart, but, you know, that's... <laughs> you, but you, you see those Punisher comics in the gun section. <laughs> they, uh, uh, when I was working on G.I. Joe, they were constantly... It, it, the most hilarious... Th and I could say this now that I don't work for them, but... <laughs> it, the most hilarious thing I ever heard was them asking us if we could do G.I. Joe without any guns. <laughs> this was from Hasbro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you serious? And that, that's why everybody in the office, we, we, it's like a chorus. Are, are you serious? <laughs> no guns. No guns. Well, you know, I, um, I was uh, talking with uh, Dave McCaig, who's a colorist for both DC and Marvel, and for uh, a couple of years, he was the lead color artist on the Batman animated, the current Batman animated series. Uh, and he was saying that, yeah, they would just get, like, just arbitrary uh, instructions uh, from, from the toy manufacturer mm -hmm. saying, okay, we don't want to see any, like, like first season, uh, they would, like, so, like they would say, yeah, yeah we, we don't want any guns in, mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the whole season of Batman. And so, so they couldn't show guns for one season. Right. And then next season, some other executive would decide it would be okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's just And then really you're mad because it's like, I wanted to draw the guns. How come here? I had great guns. Just I've had to waiting. I've had to redraw uh, panels, whether it be Marvel Adventures or Teen Titans Go, where, um, for instance, uh, there's an issue that just came More out. More cleavage? Oh no. <laughs> well, actually, it's anti-cleavage in Marvel Adventures. Teen Titans Go, all the cleavage you want, but uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Teen Titans Go. Uh, uh, there's an issue that comes out next week where they're all playing baseball, and I drew them uh, Robin batting but he didn't have a helmet on so I had to put the helmet on because they don't want kids I guess going out and playing baseball with that kids helmet. if you're a superhero and okay you play baseball yeah. well, I'm you still need to wear it's okay to hunt down thugs yeah, and go off but wear that helmet <laughs> I, I swear I saw an episode where Slade beats him within a, like an inch of his life <laughs> but, but he better wear a helmet oh, when he's playing baseball right so. <laughs> Well, Mike, have you have you worked in licensing? I know that we've we've talked with with Scott, but have you worked on specific jobs for licensed comic book properties? Well, not not for licensing departments, but I mean, well, license devils do pretty much. When I was there, that's all they did was licensed properties. Okay. They're starting to get into more original stuff, but when I was there, it was all GI Joe, it was all Voltron. That was the book that I worked on, and. Uh, uh, I'm sure there are other ones now. I think they're doing Dungeons and... They're actually they doing are. Dungeons and Dragons now. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of... Especially when it's mandated by, like, a toy company that really doesn't know anything about uh, creative stuff, like storylines and stuff. You'll get ridiculous things like, can we do G.I. Joe without guns and, <laughs> and stuff like sure. that? Or, so. well, I, I... You know, Val Staples, uh, who uh, headed up MV Creations a few years ago, and uh, he was he doing the He-Man yeah. and, uh, like, like Space Ace and, uh, and Dragon's Lair and that kind of comic right. But, um, you know, he was saying that, um, like, when for the He-Man comic book, the toy company would not allow him to create any new characters. Right. Yeah, I, I and, heard that, actually. And, and so he was... You know, he's expected to tell stories mm -hmm. without introducing any new characters, and, uh, you know, they had very strict guidelines of how certain characters were supposed to act and what they can do, and uh, his hands were tied. I know he was really frustrated about that. Well, it's always a crack horror episode. <laughs> you have to make Tomaz and Zaymot last foppish. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. I, oh, wait, Tom. The, uh, well, here's... I can also say this because I don't work there anymore. 
the GI the only GI Joe issue I drew was this one that I told Josh when he first got the license that I wanted to do, and it was called the Roadblock Cooking Special. What, I, what, it, what issue? It was uh, Frontline issue sixteen. It was the last issue of the series. Yeah. I don't know if you that killed it. Any, well, I think he honestly, I think he let me do it because it was the last <laughs> issue. Yeah, he's like, he can do it. But it, I called it the Roadblock Cooking Special. But Tim Seeley rewrote it. It's called yeah. Cooking with Kung Fu Grip. But through that whole issue, we tried to be as subversive as possible. With There's a scene where you're in the pit, and you only see uh, uh, paired-up Joe characters walking by. And so it looks like it's like a singles meetup, the pit does. You see, like, sci-fi and... And I don't, I can't even remember their names. Just walking by, and they're really smiling, like. Yeah. Oh, this is. <laughs> and drop your keys in the bowl. At one, yeah. <laughs> and then at one point, I forget which one of those the the dreadnoks, who's like the outback guy, takes off his clothes and greases himself up to fight Roadblock. And there, I remember there was there was such there was such. Can I get your autograph on that? <laughs> there are such little things in that. That freaking G.I. Joe series did they have, my God. He's <laughs> exclaiming about how many G.I. Joe series there are. He's literally Weird. digging through the long box but trying to find this right now. I was surprised at all the, the broad things that they would come down on, but they would never notice <laughs> the things like that, himself <laughs> that we were putting in there that, I mean, granted, you'd have to read between the lines, but it was funny if you're, if you're, if you're a Joe fan and you're reading this stuff. There'd be like, a big rush on that book now. <laughs> Well, good times. We're now talking. I'm probably going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, issue well, well, you're certainly yeah. never going to work for them again. <laughs> <laughs> why, why we're talking about licensing, besides it being a, a chance to talk to Scott, who's an amazing artist, and, and we're, you know, scottjohnsonart.com. And Norton. And, and, and Norton just, just, Norton just yeah, wandered yeah. in. Norton, Norton, um, yeah, Norton needs a beer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold outside. <laughs> it's raining. I need some place to stay. Our, uh, our buddy Papercut did some research on the, and posted Ed, this on the forum. Papercut is our official research monkey from now on. It's, he, he, he does he an amazing job of... Oh, man, what does he do all day? I have no I, idea. I researches for around comics. But yeah. he says, as a baseline, here's the numbers uh, that he posted in his last column, which was, uh, it's still up on aroundcomics.com. Mm -hmm. uh, check out the, the columns. Um, what was the name of his column? Um, geez. You've got to put me on the spot. Yeah, it's long. It's a long name. I can never <laughs> but, remember. But it was, very, it was an excellent, excellent column. Uh, he goes, uh, first, let's take a look at uh, um, the Marvel numbers. In 2004, Marvel netted $513 million with only 16.7% coming from comic book sales. If you look at uh, just a comparison of the licensing and publishing numbers from Marvel's 2006 annual report, you will see a trend. In 2004, their licensed properties pulled in $214.7 million. Their publishing was $86 million. In 2005, their licensed properties pulled in $230.1 million, and their publishing pulled in $92.4 million. Guys, Marvel makes a heck of a lot more money in licensing than they do in comic books. That's probably true with all the companies, though. Yeah. I would have to say. Yeah, he said that he said that DC's numbers were a little bit harder to come by because it's all folded into Time Warner, but right. Marvel right. was a little bit easier to. It is to true, but I mean, Marvel too also is broken down into different divisions, so it's. I mean, it's not like each company kind of can 
just go on making no money because the other one's doing well. They've, you know, they've picking up the slack. They've set themselves up as they've got the publishing, uh, and then they've uh, they've got toys, which is uh, Toy Biz, and then they've got licensing, and now they've got Marvel Studios, which is the films, mm-hmm. and uh, so. What what part of the game's falling under right now? Uh, like the interactive stuff. That would be under licensing. Okay. This one's yeah, pretty much anything that doesn't fall under like the movies, the toys, or or, or the or the or the comic books, everything else falls under licensing. Yeah, so that's I, everything from Underoos to to uh, you know uh, you know. Look, look I actually saw. Uh, I remember when the Hulk movie was out. I actually saw Hulk shower curtains at, at, at Target. <laughs> Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> they match my uh, my She Hulk. I saw Hulk throw pillows. Yeah, I won't go there. Uh, you know, you know, it was it was nuts. It was. Well, and what, what's interesting is how much the movies impact this because uh, he went on, and I, I believe it was about a 40% drop for their quarterly license revenues in non-Spider-Man movie years mm-hmm. for for that quarter that those would come out. So, I mean, this is tied into the movies, you know, and, and you, you're working primarily for stuff that is for Hasbro, correct? And and that has to be tied in. I'm, I'm doing stuff that goes into the... The general style guides, uh-huh. and then that gets pretty much offered to everybody who does yeah. licensing. So anyone that's going to buy it, everybody, that, yeah, anyone that's going to buy it. So like, okay, like right now, Hasbro has the license to do uh, like the, uh, the the Marvel action figures. Uh, so so they're doing they're doing those toys. Um, but so you know some some of the stuff could end up on that. But I mean, just anybody anybody who wants to make a product with with a Marvel character on it. Um, will will you know pay for the license and then they get access to that style guide and then they can use whatever artwork that they need for, from that style guide. Do you know if there's if there's restrictions on who can use Marvel uh, characters? I mean, uh, DC can't. Well, well, you know, <laughs> well, sure. You know, but you know, I work for I work for an office products company mm-hmm. and it's like okay, we're putting it on you know art boxes or or pencils or whatever. But I mean, if somebody of like dubious business interest goes to Marvel. Does Marvel turn down the thing people? vibrator? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, speedball condoms. I, I didn't want to say it. I knew these two would. If you are, say, a smaller company and you don't want to approach Marvel and go through all the rigmarole of actually, like, you know, getting a license, the easiest way of I know of is that you can go onto Corbis.com, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, right because they sell that now. Right, and, and Corbis has a deal with Marvel uh-huh. where you can order Marvel art off of Corbis, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, which is a stock. Photography website. Yeah, right. yeah. You, you, Scott Johnson. If you wanted to buy the rights to your own art, you could go to Corbis and I buy can it. Go to Corbis, uh, enter in my my credit card number, and then I would have a limited usage right for the image that I choose. I think I Sal just, just got an idea for the thing vibrator. Slobber <laughs> <laughs> time, baby. <laughs> now, I, you know, you'd have to read the usage rights yeah, on, the, on the website. They are different. They're, they're not like you. you it's probably a neck massager. You know. <laughs> uh, so you, you know, and I don't know what the limitations are on that. But that's you know probably the easiest way to get usage of you know of of a, of Marvel of Marvel image. Yeah, yeah, they have like an entire like Marvel store at Corbis, yes. and it's really mm-hmm. if you have a chance go to Corbis.com, you can browse the stuff, and the work there is is absolutely well, it's gorgeous. Kind of neat because I'll, I'll go and I'll browse through it. I'm like, yeah, that one's mine. That one's mine. So like, how, <laughs> much, how much does it cost? To uh, depends on the uh, hundreds, hundreds on how you want. Yeah, it. Hun- yeah hundreds and hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for like single usage. So it's I, I have a question, kind of a more goofy question for both of you guys, but but uh, since you're both professional artists, uh, when was like the first time you sort of had that maybe 
geeky moment where you saw your own work and and went you know just kind of went cool that you know I mean when was the first, do you remember that time at all do you remember sort of that first time where you saw your own stuff somewhere and and sort of huh. outside of your bedroom wall well yeah you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. I, I, any anything come to mind? Um, well, my first published work was a role-playing game su- supplement for a, a White Wolf game called Mage the Ascension, and um, I even for, I, I forget the name of the the actual book, but yeah, I, I you know I went to the store, I totally geeked out, I bought it. And I'm, like, you know, I'm driving home, I'm like holding it up to the window, like you know, you know yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I remember that first time I saw that can of polyurethane insulating foam sealant that I designed. Did you do that really? Because yeah. I used to be a graphic designer too, and I didn't know. Because I remember I did I, I designed websites and I did packaging stuff, and I. I, I remember actually, I was actually more thrilled about that than my first comic work because, I don't know, not to bring anybody down, but I, I, my first book was uh, The Badger for Image way back in the 90s. And really? You're kidding me. That yeah. is one of Sal's I favorite, love that. I love, favorite I'm books. trying to collect like the entire Badger run. That's uh, my goal well, over the next year. I did, I did about, I did five issues of that. Only four were printed, but... Um, I sounds like Giddy. I, went I love, out, we talk about I love the that character. Character. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I love that book too. When I've I heard five that copies of the the capital version of number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I love I love <laughs> the book. I, I heard that I heard Shocker was going to do a Badger figure, and I was uh, it was like I'm thrilled about that. It was like, really, it's like it was we're one of those companies that's doing the independent line of book of, of characters figures. They're actually going to Badger's one of them. Cool. I know what I'm buying. <laughs> oh, I'm totally. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll buy a bunch of them. But uh, that was my first book, and I remember going to the store all pumped because I, I live with a friend, and uh, his his first pro book came out around the same time, and we went to the store to get our books, and I went and I got got it, and I looked at it, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I I did. I was like, oh my god, and so I I kind of like scarred my brain after that. <laughs> See, that's how I react to all my old work when, when I see well, the old stuff. Yeah, this was my first. Thing I was like, oh, well, so it kind of ruined me after that. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it was kind of it was cool that I could go to the store, and ever since then, my mom's like, yeah, that my my son did that and all that stuff. But I'm almost like pulled the coat coat, coat over my face. And <laughs> you, you know, I you, you emailed you, Mike. Uh-huh. I I uh, I was uh, looking at your website a, a couple months back, and I saw that you had done some badger. I emailed you. I'm like, how cool is that? You did badger. That's awesome. Did I respond? No, you I'm, didn't respond. I'm at a horrible all. person. Totally. That makes me feel better, Scott. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't blow you off. I just have a, a problem getting back to people. That's all. He, Seriously, uh, there I, are probably people listening that have the same problem. I get these. I get these cryptic Mike Norton emails <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> he he like out of the blue he's like sends me a one a one not even a right. sentence what time do you guys record and that's it yeah and i'm just like seven and like three weeks later he okay. sends me he sends me an email that says so do you guys record in the front of the shop or the back of the shop <laughs> i thought he was gonna bomb us or something <laughs> I, I realized that it sounded sort of ominous after i sent it but then i thought well it just add mystery <laughs> I, I was like, I, I I yell out of my office like Norton's sending cryptic emails again. <laughs> yeah. um, Scott, any chance of you trying to do any work? Uh, you know, I, when I think of your artwork, and not that the similarities in, as far as the style, but um, like an Alex Ross, where he does a lot of cover work and that kind of thing. I mean, I would think that your your work would certainly lend itself to that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Has that been anything you've explored at all, or just you're too busy doing the licensing stuff? 
Um, they don't pay well, enough I, on the comic side. <laughs> <laughs> As Norton nods. <laughs> well, you saw the numbers. You read them. <laughs> well, it's pretty sad when you know, like the Ultimate Spider-Man game probably was bought more than the Ultimate Spider-Man comic. You know? Oh, yeah. I'll guarantee oh, yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'd love to do some comic covers. I, I, the thing is, it's you know that licensing is keeping me so busy, and um, you know I, I they kind of lock me up in the in the contracts, you know, because they've got all this work for me. Right. And um, what was explained, because I actually asked about it, I'm like, when I, because when I signed the contract, I'm like, cool, can I do some comic covers too? And, and they basically said, well, you know, if, if one of the comic editors wants to use, wants you, then they could, you know, they could ask us for right. permission and then we will either, you know, let them, you know, or, you know, that type of thing. And the reality is there's a, a hell of a lot of talented guys, you know, already working with the comics and the comic editors, you know, have their crew of, of, of regular sure. guys that they like to work with. Um, and, uh, you know, so, you know, they've got me, you know, on the products and, you know, I guess they're, I'm assuming they're happy with what I've been doing. I'd love to, I'd love to do some comic covers, uh, you know, sometime in the future. But, um, you know, for now I'm just going to, I'm going to do what they, they want me to do. And, you know, as now, as they, you know, could you go out and do other work? I mean, obviously you couldn't, you know, do merchandising work from, you know, other comic companies, but can you do work for other companies outside of comics or could you do comic work? You know, could you do covers for a different comic book company? No, it, it pretty much it, it's pretty straightforward that they they want me only working for Marvel. What about uh, commissions, private commissions, or I mean, does it get that drilled down in your contract? I don't think that there would be uh, any sort of a, a problem with that. As I long mean, as you're getting your work done and you're not selling it to someone else, that's going to use yeah. it outside of you know hanging up in yeah. their room. I mean, the whatever. reality is they're keeping me so busy that I wouldn't have time to work for any of the competitors anyway. Right. Um, well, that's so, good. It's the, home, I mean, that's I, the I, Home Depot I, approach. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I really, no, I've, I mean, because, you know, there have been some other companies that kind of emailed me and said, hey, you know, would you do this kind of under the table and, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll, you'll, you'll, you'll put a ghost name on it. And it's like, Image. no, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> but, I, you know, it's like, you know, first of all, it's like, no, I'm not going to do in, in, endanger my relationship with Marvel. Yeah, yeah come on, for one. And, and second of all, it's like, I'm too busy anyway i mean i right, just i don't have the right. time yeah, so how long do you generally spend on a piece i mean it on totally average depends. i mean i'm sure it's um you know let's say the one that's up for the award that that book cover i probably man i i worked full-time on that for about three or four weeks yeah wow yeah and, and it looks like it it but really does. It, it's pretty amazing. scott it scared the shit out of me i'm telling <laughs> I'm, I'm serious it scared me it was that good <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Big so eyeballs. A, a book cover, you're talking a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Something like, you know, the stuff I'm doing for Marvel, you know, single figure, no background. You know, I can I can do it in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And and even that seems like a long time, but they, they want me to do it so tight and so detailed because they want the ability to blow it up super big to, like, poster size. Sure. And from what I've told, some of the stuff has been blown up poster size. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I was told that there's a there's a comic shop in uh, like uh, in like downtown New York that's right by the Marvel offices that, that got these huge posters with my artwork hanging in their hanging in their windows. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's, um, um, what's your favorite character that you've done on the comic side for a property, or who do you like working on the most, or are you just sick of all of them by now? No, I well, my childhood favorite is Spider-Man. Okay. That's always been you know, I mean, since I was five years old, I've been a Spider-Man fan. And so the fact that, and most of the work I've done for Marvel has been on the Spider-Man style guide. So I mean, it's it's really cool to be able to you know you know, work on a character like that that I've loved since I was a kid. Nice. Who do you not like working with? 
or on. With. I, <laughs> I hate these damn so actors. So-and-so in the marketing department. Just from an aspect of, of being a pain in the ass to do, is, is any anything with any, like, robot or things with, like, lots of armor parts and plates hmm. and things. I, I'm that, feeling Tony Stark here. And I, I just, yeah, well, I, actually, I just finished an Iron Man. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it, it, but there's, there, yeah, it, you know, because... And because they they want it so tight and so slick, mm-hmm. and you're talking about metal reflections mm-hmm. and this and and because of you know when I usually do that kind of stuff, I do I really get into the I'm a detail freak, so I'll I'll try and do all these metal reflections and things and want everything and all the corners sharp and because I want it to be able to hold up when they blow it up big, it just takes forever. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of work and it's very you know it's it's time intensive. So it's not that I don't like the character. But you know, some some things it's just more labor than than other things. Oh yeah. Have you ever thought about going back and doing any actual you know acrylic work or oil work just for your own? I mean, yeah. because I would think at some point you sort of, I mean, you, 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 because you do everything digitally, it's you know, your portfolio is on a computer. Yeah. You know, and there has to be something. Yeah. There's no tangible physical yeah, there's painting no, I can yeah, hold in my hand. Yeah. Um, yeah but just because. Uh, you know, the way my schedule is, when I'm not working, I'm busy being a husband and father. Uh, there's just no time for, you know, personal works like that. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe someday, uh, you know, in the future, I'll get back and paint for fun. It gets better whenever they get to, like, age six. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> Seriously. My son is four right now, but yeah. we've got... Like actually, we've got a... Yeah, how the hell would you know? Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, my, my son uh, is so four I'm right now, but we have another one on the way, so it's going to be a while. Well, Congratulations. filling all the blacks. I, Awesome. Train the kids to fill in all the flags. <laughs> Isolate just this You know, I have, I have, I have a lot Daddy of... Says put X's my wife here. gave birth to an inker. You know, <laughs> I have a lot of acquaintance in the industry who are colorists. And, you know, I don't know how... You, I don't know if you're aware of how coloring is done, but, you know, the, the preliminary of, of setting up a page to, to color is first you lay in flat colors in between all the lines. And so what a lot of colorists will do is they'll just hire somebody just to flat the pages for them, and then they'll come in and do all the color cho- uh, choices and renderings stuff like that um, and and the flatters you know, you know you make a per page rate or whatever but um, I've seen a number of colorists online say it's like yeah I'm, I'm training my 12 year old kid to flat for me you know and why not you know? flatting is mind numbing agony though it's <laughs> yeah. perfect for oh, I, yeah, I, I tried so. <laughs> now, yeah, here's I, the thing I was doing this uh, this album cover for, for a rap group uh, which is which? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's like me, right? Um, but uh, you can't uh, see all the gold chains he has. On. <laughs> he drove up in a car with spinners. <laughs> His teeth say "bitch." Yeah, um, yeah. G Scott, Scott Johnson grill. I was <laughs> I was doing a cover for this rap album, and it was in the traditional comic style. It wasn't painted. It was traditional, you know, inks with with, with colored. And I I just before then I had been dabbling with. You know, comic style coloring, and so mm-hmm. I tried flatting my own page. And I took a actually, Chris Sotomayor gave me a test page, right. um, and it took me four hours to flat that page. Yeah. And I'm like, screw this! Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm hiring somebody to do I'm, this for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a not, pain in the ass. yeah, because the the guys who flat you know for a living can knock it out in like a page out oh, in like 45 I've minutes. You know, if oh, oh you know, and where if it's going to take me four hours, and they, they can do it in, in 45 minutes to an hour. It's you know, it's worth it for me. Make friends with those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that should have been a flatter. It's like you're saying before with uh, you know like the last uh, we talking about the changes in comics over the years. I mean that's definitely like who the hell thought that would be a job Flatters. to blob in colors mm. in the middle of you know uh, 
Well, a lot crazy. of a lot of guys, you know, Nuts. get into it just uh, as a way to get their foot in the door in the industry, and they assist the colorists, and and then they have aspirations of becoming a, a colorist <clears throat> themselves. And, and sometimes that works out, and sometimes they just get stuck flatting. Isn't that how years. guys become inkers? Nobody wants to be a flatter forever. It's kind of like the the kid in Taiwan that's putting shoes together for five cents an hour. Someday I'll work my way up to pants. (laughs) Nice. Well, guys, uh, we didn't really talk about the business of licensing, and you know what? That's fine because... You guys are artists, and I really enjoyed that conversation a lot more than getting into the, well, I don't, I don't like the Spider-Man that they put on that lunchbox. So um, I'm, it was fascinating to listen to you guys talk really about you know, your business side of it and the art side. Um, any final thoughts from, I, I, because we have such a big panel today, let's just go with um, Scott and Mike. Final thoughts on licensing and what you like, don't like about it. <laughs> Mike, what do you like about it? What do I like about it? Too slow, what don't you like about it? <laughs> Quicker, faster. Lightning quick. I, I don't know if there's anything I like about licensing other than I can I have a It's a weird thing I have to develop a, a feeling about. I have a Mark Bagley Spider Man garbage can in my studio. <laughs> Mike Norton's pro. If it wasn't for licensing. But uh, uh the thing I don't like about it are all the restrictions they place on you, like draw G.I. Joe without guns or <laughs> well, they'll really never forget about yeah, that. It just really burned you, didn't it? Well, no, it, it's just it's it's asinine is what it is. It's just you can't really do stuff when, like when me, you well, take, how do you do Punisher without guns? Yeah, it's when just you, like G.I. Joe's all it's about yeah, it's shooting <laughs> Cobra on the head. Yeah, when you tie <laughs> they tie your hands around your back and then say, Hey, do a dance <laughs> which is pretty much what a lot of that stuff is, but uh it, it's kind of a small complaint when you're getting to draw characters that you've loved since you were a kid. So stop whining. Yeah, <laughs> Scott. You know I've, you know I pretty much agree with Mike. You know they, they there are certain restrictions because the the characters have to be uh, you know for, for the mass market. Walmart so they, friendly. You know, yeah, Walmart friendly Walmart exactly. Friendly. And Walmart has a big say in how these things are done um, because there's so many dollars involved. Uh, but you know if. But you know, hey, I get to draw Spider-Man for a living. That's yeah, you know, it's you, can't. Lot, you know, <laughs> I've had enough people tell me to shut up when I'm complaining about stuff, <laughs> so I, I don't do it anymore. Right. Well, guys, um, anyone? Sal? No, I. That, yeah, I whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Tom's just thinking about his cube where he's an accountant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just uh, thinking about yeah. licensing some Marvel images for my own benefit, but you know, <laughs> that's just me. The Mr. <laughs> Fantastic Vibrator. Um, I, I will apologize to our forum members. We're always really good about reading a lot of forum posts, and we had some great ones this week. But the panel kind of grew here, so send your hate mail to Mike Norton. That's because screwed up everything. That's, that's why we weren't able to... No, it's... Uh, uh, wearing a comic geek speak t-shirt. Yeah. What, yeah, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> no competition. Out. I was going to... Yeah, we're, we're going to roll him after the show. So. Um but anyway, so thank you for all the forum posts. Um, it was a great topic today. We probably one that we'll revisit at some point. But right now, it is time to move over to the news desk. It is time for Wire to Wire Comic News. These are your top headlines for the week of July 17th, 2006. 
The Shadow and Doc Savage are returning to thrill fans old and new. Anthony Tallon has acquired the license to reprint the original Shadow and Doc Savage pulp novels and will be publishing trade paperback reprints in partnership with Nostalgia Ventures Incorporated. The Shadow and Doc Savage volumes are officially licensed by Condi Nast, the owner of the famous properties. The first volume of The Shadow is at the printers and will be at selected specialty stores in mid-July and shipping from Diamond Distributors in October. Each paperback will retail for $12.95 and contain two complete unabridged pulp adventures of The Shadow. The first volume of Doc Savage will follow in November and will contain Fortress of Solitude and Devil Genghis. Atomica Trade Paperback Announced Created by artist Sal Abinati and written by Andrew Dabb, with the all-new cover by Alex Ross and introduction by Dabb, collecting the first six issues of Atomica 1 through 6, remastered and collected into one massive 176-page trade paperback, along with a complete cover gallery. Featuring the first half of the God is Red storyline and cover gallery with a literal who's who of the comics industry. Cover talents of Alex Ross, Glenn Fabry, Michael Turner, Buzz, Tim Bradstreet, David Mack, and more. Atomica God is Red Book One Trade Paperback will be in comic book stores everywhere on July 26th. One of the quintessential stories in Spider-Man's history is getting the premiere hardcover treatment as Spider-Man, Craven's last hunt premiere hardcover, brings to readers the final grasp at revenge for Craven the Hunter along with 20 extra pages of new material. Spider-Man, Craven's last hunt premiere hardcover collects Web of Spider-Man number 32 and 33, Amazing Spider-Man 393 and 394, and Spectacular Spider-Man 131 and 132. Plus, this edition contains a host of extras including original pencils of both covers and interiors by Mike Zeck. The Craven's Last Hunt premiere hardcover will hit stores on August 23rd. Ape Entertainment has provided Around Comics with a five-page preview of September's Athena Voltaire, Flight of the Falcon, Issue 2. The series, which made the jump to print this year, was nominated for an Eisner Award in 2005 in the Best Digital Comic category before being printed by Speakeasy Comics. As world powers escalate to the inevitability of World War II, another war is being fought between the forces of white and black magic. Nazi occultists race to unlock the secrets of the hollow earth and a lost race of supermortals. Can globetrotting aviatrix Athena Voltaire foil the Third Reich in their insidious plan to conquer the free world? Find out in Athena Voltaire, Flight of the Falcon, available now with issue 2 hitting stores in September. For more information, go to www.athenavoltaire.com. Newly formed Virgin Comics is collaborating with filmmaker John Woo and best-selling comic book writer Garth Ennis to create the new book Seven Brothers. Woo's Seven Brothers is the debut comic of Virgin's Director's Cut line. The Director's Cut line aims to launch comic titles in collaboration with iconic filmmakers. Virgin Comics plans to announce several more partnerships in the coming months. Speaking on the opportunity of working with John Woo, Garth Ennis said, All they had to say was, John Woo, and I was sold instantly. Look for Seven Brothers to ship in mid-October.
Eisner Award-winning Sean McKeever brings you an all-new feature-length tale teaming Spider-Man with Iceman and Firestar. Fans of the 1980s are sure to have fond memories of this trio. Spider-Man tries his luck as matchmaker and sets up his two superhero friends on a date, and the results are, well, what happens when you mix fire and ice? Plus an all-new mini-Marvel's tale written by Sean McKeever. The first Spider-Man Family one-shot was such a success that another issue had to follow, and there's even more on the horizon. Also in this 104-page monster are reprints of Untold Tales of Spider-Man number 2, Spider-Man 2099 number 2, and the classic Hydra and Go Seek story from Untold Tales of Spider-Man number 1. Spider-Man Family, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, is on sale August 9th. 52 is rewriting history. Starting with issue number 12, 52 co-writer Mark Wade will begin painting a picture of a new Earth's history in the form of two-page origin stories featuring some of DC's key characters, including Wonder Woman and Power Girl with Adam Hughes, Elongated Man and Adam Strange with Kevin Nolan, Black Adam with J.G. Jones, and Animal Man and the Joker with Brian Boland. The story of DC's most eventful year continues to be told each week as four of the hottest writers in comics deliver an unprecedented weekly tale of death, danger, romance, intergalactic terror, and the never-ending universal meaning of heroism. Now fans will get a glimpse into the past of some of their favorite characters as presented by the cream of the artistic crop. 52 is on sale weekly. These have been your top headlines. For the full version of these and other stories, go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. Alright, and those are your top headlines for the week in our in our pre San Diego Comic Con covers, so look for lots of San Diego news next week. Uh, our first story is The Shadow and Doc Savage are going to return in some nice reprints of their original adventures. And uh, it's gonna be in Is it reprints of the yeah, original it, it adventures? Is, it is or it is reprints. Re- it is reprints of the pulp novels and of the um, uh, the strips. Boring. Uh, oh, yeah, you kidding? Um, I, I <laughs> How think dare great. you? I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm a, I don't know what the price or anything is going to be on those, but I was actually just looking for. They some will of be twelve ninety five. Well, that's a little steep for me, but I was actually just looking for some of those books. <laughs> I love uh, them. A couple I, months I, ago I want them with the original ten cent cover price. <laughs> well, they. In the 70s and 80s, they printed them all, but yeah, they've been out of print for a while. But I mean, anybody that's a Golden Age comic book fan or anybody that's interested in it, they're all dead. They're (laughs) all. All that stuff, I mean, you can just trace the origin of the superhero comic industry from those series. Um, You know, from the blatantly ripped off Fortress of Solitude from Doc Savage. To, um, that's one of them that's going to be reprinted. Any of the but other did stuff. he have a key so big that no one else could lift it? I think he had something <laughs> like that. I can't remember. No, no. I, I, I'll, no, I'll, I'll probably I, check I those out because I, 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 especially the shadow stuff. 
All right. I don't. Yeah. Anyone else? <laughs> Anyone else? Cares? No, I, I would. I'd love. I'd love to actually read them because I, when I was a kid, uh, when I get my uh, comics at like flea markets and stuff in Tennessee, I, I come across those uh, Doc Savage, uh, the paperbacks, the novels and stuff like that, and I, I would read those. I'd love to see that stuff today. Yeah, I think it could be really cool. I, 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 I got into the Shadow around the same time too. That's the shaken version, which I probably shouldn't have been reading, when I was <laughs> <laughs> but good it, stuff nonetheless. Yeah, totally great stuff, and you know, I'd, I'd love to go back and read those those original ones. Better than the Star Wars stuff. Uh, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better than the Star Wars stuff. Actually, uh, a quick plug for our buddy uh, John Centris. Uh, Howard Shaken just did the interview on Word Balloon. Yes, so he did. So a wonderful interview. Check that out, and uh, congratulations and best of luck for John out in San Diego with yeah. his uh, with his new magazine out there. His, uh, new, fancy his magazine. new fancy magazine. The Dave Walkers give me awesome. a hard time about the prick. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you, in your spare time, when you don't have put a together a magazine? Job, put together a magazine for free. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, the Atomica, the first trade paperback, has been announced, and uh, it's uh, Sal Abenati, and uh, it's going to be reprinting the first six issues of Atomica, and it's uh, called God Is Red. Man, it's a good Book thing one. I waited for the trade on that one. Yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful book. Mm-hmm. It really is. I, I I I only think I picked up the first couple of issues on that one. It's is next is Wednesday the twenty sixth of July. Uh, don't ask me. So math. Drops, I was told there'd be no math. Yeah, this drops on Monday. It'll be released on yeah. Wednesday. I don't so. think communism is <laughs> something to take lightly, though. <laughs> so yeah, Sean Hannity really railed against his book, so I gotta say no. Okay. <laughs> has, has anybody read any of the I really single issues? I, 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 I read the first no. two, and uh, you know it's it's a little out there. It, they're, I think they're beautiful looking. They're they're, you they? know, they're all like painted yeah. and there's some and here. They're, you want to take a look at? They're, oh, they're cool. Really, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I haven't one. seen any of them, so I'm interested in taking. Yeah, I would a look. like to see it. I mean, the, the concept's interesting. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it, uh, I'd have to read it. Obviously. I'm I've read the first two, and I'm still not quite sure. I remember. What the, I remember the only thing I know of the book is. Is uh, actually just seeing the the Alex Ross covers the yeah. cover yeah. that was the ob- obviously very striking and the, so. the Glenn Fabry cover I think number two yeah it's fantastic Brad Street isn't it yeah it's uh, Alex Ross Glenn Fabry Michael Turner Buzz uh, Tim Bradstreet and David Mack ah, and more colored by Christina covers. Strange who's From that she colors Runaways and oh Spider Man loves Mary Jane well there you go well all right. Well, see, it pays so at least somebody here knows something about... <laughs> while, while Mike is flipping through uh, Atomica, uh, let's talk about Craven's Last Hunt. Go yeah. to Premier Hardcover. I know Tom's hard... Or <laughs> Do you know Tom's hard? <laughs> Whoa, wow. I'm glad yeah, I'm on this side of the table. <laughs> Sorry. I, I know Tom is hard. <laughs> well, with, with the panel being, you know, so many people we're, on we're today, very they, close they together are sitting today. really close <laughs> together today. I'm on his lap and, you know, no, I, baby, I, I often get Sam, my girlfriend. I'm not hard at all. She's not listening. I know. I know, uh, I know Tom. I think Tom's excited about yeah, this book coming I was out. Saying that they should do more stuff like that. Yeah. Like, just classic I know runs. All classic about the essentials and the showcases, but absolutes. why not just print up a, something like that? And not have to like freaking wait for it to come along. You know, I know everyone is so obsessive compulsive about things being in order and like. 
you know, freaking out about, you know, essentials and what well, order they're in. But, you, you know, know th- this may be one like of that. my favorite Spider-Man stories of all time. It was a... Yeah. Really I, I was... Yeah. When did it come... It, it was, was back during the, the, about the middle it was the 80s. 80s. Yeah. This is one of the ones... Yeah. I remember picking it up off the shelf when I was a teenager, right. and it really made a big impact I don't on know me. if... I, maybe I'm making this up or pulling this out of my hat, but this is like one of the first books I ever remember where it actually was a cross-title kind of series which today is like so commonplace but back in the 80s i mean the the spider-man books never intersected really with each other they're all separate um and i i'm trying to think what amazing and peter parker and was it web of at the time that that uh yeah it was it was a great great story and it's uh what mike zek yeah right so if you're you're a a fan of secret wars yeah i I remember (laughs) that like that Mike was that a cover or whatever with Vermin? Uh, yeah. With all those rats on yeah. there? I still remember that. Vermin was a great character. I think they're doing some new art for it, you know, just some covers and, and different stuff in that. There, it's on our website if you go in there. There's a the story about it. But uh, I know they, they did, like, a two different wraparound covers. They're doing a regular one and then a variant, and they just looked they're awesome. They're both gorgeous. Yeah, they yeah. were just so kick-ass. K- kudos to Marvel for releasing a great <clears throat> Spider-Man yeah. story. And, is that and a, a J.M.? Mateus? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, okay. it is uh, Demetrius, which I have trouble with his name too. Demetrius. Um, Demetrius. <laughs> uh, it's just like I, I didn't notice I was saying the initials before. That's why I was getting messed up. <laughs> uh, our good, uh, our good Jim friend uh, Steve you. Bryant uh, sent us. A Who's free, he? Uh, Steve Bryant. I'm just kidding. Oh, classic uh, Actually, Steve is very busy right now out in San He's Diego. He's a friend of the program. Uh, he is a friend of the program. Uh, he's premiering Athena Voltaire, actually the reprinting uh, under, Number one. Under, under Ape, which transitioned from Speakeasy. There's our ding, Speakeasy reference for the week. <laughs> and uh, that is premiering out in San Diego. We'll be here in Chicago in a couple weeks. And uh, Steve said that he's looking forward to uh, finally getting us some copies of the book. And uh, we're looking forward Imagine to it. Imagine if Speakeasy would have gotten this much publicity from us when it was still around. <laughs> they no, probably would have right. sold at least yeah, three more. Would have kept them open for at least another 24 another, hours. Yeah, one more five minutes of consideration. Yeah. The power so, of have, have you guys Have you guys taken a look at uh, Athena Voltaire? I'm looking at Mike and Scott. I'm, I'm really excited about that because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Steve and, uh, Steve Bryant and Chad Vidler are, are friends of mine. I shared a table with them. It was Wizard World last year. Oh, great. Uh, got to meet Paul Daly uh, last year. He's actually a very good artist in his own right. He was doing sketches for people uh, last year at the convention. Of writers doing sketches? <laughs> well, he's an illustrator first. Oh, and and uh, you I'll know, be doing sketches. This I've been year. I've been I've been following Athena Voltaire for the past three years. They've been you know plugging away as a web comic, and then you know I was I was thrilled for them when they got picked up by Speed, uh, Speakeasy, and then you know the whole you know debacle that that was. But it's nice to see that uh, you, you know they're 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 going to be printed again. And this I I, I believe this first issue is a double sized. Yes, it is reprinting all of the first Speakeasy issue, and it's real, the issue number one from Ape, and tell me if I'm wrong, issue number one is actually issue number two, so it's reprinting all of issue one and what was going to be issue number, two yeah. at Speakeasy, and that is what is going to be issue number one Nine. at Ape. Yeah. So, and then issue number two is going to be released in September, so they're finally back on their feet. They're finally on a regular schedule, and I think that Steve is looking forward to just having a big sigh of relief and saying that he has a monthly book. Yeah. So. I'd, I'd like to read it. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't read it yet. And it, it's kind of ironic, because I know Chad, who was the colorist for the past three years on the web comic, comic now that they're finally going to print, he's too busy to color the, the, the print version of the book, because he's, <laughs> he's, he's coloring a, a, a Simon Bisley book. 
uh, and so uh, so they're they're they've got assist. Uh, uh, I think Kevin Volo assist, uh, assisted with the colors on, on that first issue, and uh, 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 a, gr- a great artist by the name of Jason Millet is going to be coloring the rest of the Jason, series. No, Jason Millet. Jason, okay, I'm sorry, yeah, I mispronounced here. his name. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I mispronounced his last name. Another yeah. Chicago guy? Yeah. You guys are yeah. crawling he's all over good. the place. Actually, yeah. you, you would fit in good on that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's doing the colors for the rest of the series, as far as I understand. What's the Bisley book? I can't say. Oh! oh. You're one of them? I'll yes. get him drunk. So, so I'm not all... You want to hear, hear my idea for Wizard World, what I'm going to do at Wizard World this year? I'm going to go the first know. night, I'm going to go, and anyone that... Anyone that wants asks me for a sketch i'm gonna draw them a really bad one but i'll buy you a drink and i figure i'll get like 300 people the first night that'll want a free drink and then by the second night everyone will think i'm some famous artist and they'll pay me to buy draw them real bad sketches but then the, <laughs> the initial investment <laughs> is astounding <laughs> well i didn't say what rumors. kind of drink. Sa- sounds like it sounds like you've been playing mckeever's uh comic book publishers <laughs> game. i think starting your own comic company would actually <laughs> be a more feasible investment than that. all right well drink. uh for information on the mckeever uh uh game Listen to Crankcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, John Wu and Garth Ennis are going to be working on Seven Brothers. This is, uh, you know, Virgin Comics is, in my opinion, I haven't checked out any of the stuff. Actually, it just came out this week, uh, their stuff, right? Yeah, that, was it Snake Woman? Snake, Snake Woman? Woman, yeah. Yeah, that was that's the, got Gatos art. Last yeah, week. Really, was it last week? Really I mean, good looking they stuff. Are, they are seriously this week, uh, pulling out some talent Sid, for this company. Siddu or something like that, S-I-D-H-U, I think is the book that came out this week. And the week before last, the first one came out. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I read the Snake Woman one. I, I really like that. I'm not even that big a fan of of, uh, of Gatos's stuff, but I really liked it in that. Uh, interesting story. Oh, I like Gatos. Oh, a lot of people do. I, I've just my personal opinion. I'm not a huge yeah, fan. Problem? of I'm yeah. a dick. I don't know. I have no taste. I don't know. <laughs> what's your problem? Um, <laughs> he's another one of those all on the computer artists, isn't he? Uh, I don't think, know. I I'm not familiar with his work. Yeah, it shows. I, any, book, <laughs> any, any book that has Mike Gatos following Michael Lark following Alex Maleev is fine with me because oh, it's Maleev that does that. I'm sorry, not Gatos. Maleev yeah, does his stuff. On but uh, you, you take all three of those guys, and their styles are, are fairly similar. Right. And I think they are, you know, you put all three of those guys together, and, and I, I like their style. But the, I didn't but I, ask. But I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just giving oh, so my it's opinion. not an opinion podcast no, anymore, No, it dick. was my opinion. <laughs> Why don't you all go fuck yourselves? <laughs> uh, all right, there's the tag. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Cast yeah. Yeah. Podcast over. <laughs> Jeez. You guys are lightweights compared to us. I'm going to drop 20 of those in the first five minutes. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, and I think that Mike can uh, probably uh, expunge on this a little bit. Eisner Award-winning. Expound. Expound. Huh? Expound. 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 There you go. Expunge, yes. Expound. I will get rid of it. <laughs> uh, Eisner Award winner Sean McKeever. He only lets you call him that, by the way. <laughs> what, what, what did he win an Eisner for? He won an Eisner for. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what the hell did Holy he win crap, an Eisner I for? Forgot what <laughs> he I, got, I got three of them. No, he won for uh, talent uh, deserving of wider recognition. Okay, and I think we can agree on that. Oh, totally. Yeah. I thought you said, I swear to God, for a second, I thought you said talent deserving of white <laughs> recognition. He is another Wisconsinite. He is very white. Yes, he's 
So what is he doing now? He's, he's, the... uh, he is bringing back Spider-Man and his amazing friends in Spider-Man Family, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends, yes, I'm on sale August 9th. And it's it's like 104 pages, has a bunch of reprints, but he's doing a new uh, Amazing Friends story. So I think if I ever won an Eisner, I'd have it tattooed on me. Eisner hey, Award winner. Yeah. He's going to wear it around his neck like Flavor Flav. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What time is it, boy? Seriously, I mean, in his room uh, at his hotel, I went in there. He's like, you can touch it if you want. <laughs> that's what she like, said. like, that's not what I want to hear when I go up to your hotel room. So, so, Mike, have you ever been nominated? Or, Scott, have you, either one of you been nominated? I've, I've well, never been nominated for, for anything. any. Come he's been now. nominated for... Uh, I'm nominated now for the Role Playing Game Awards. Yeah, there you, you, got, so. you got the, the Annies. Mm-hmm. Which I, why did I want to call those the Ernies? <laughs> what was wrong with me? <laughs> Nice catch there, Mike. Uh, now, well, actually, I, I hate to go back to actually talking about the news item and the book itself. But, um, it's not what people I, listen for. I know they listen for Tom's sane antics. Um, I don't know. What do you guys? I mean, this is like it's a total nostalgia thing because everyone that grew up during the '80s watched the cartoon. Um, but I mean, is there a pull for that right now to buy a book based on that? Well, not for cynical, hardened, you know. <laughs> Bastards like you that have been reading too many comics all their lives, but they're you know there's <laughs> well that's true. My I'm, kids might like it, and you I'm know personally I'm very jealous. That I'm I know not that there's drawing. been kind of a renaissance. Really? Some yeah. cable channel's been playing that show. We had actually talked about it a long time ago, around the time we were doing our first Marvel Adventures uh, uh, line, and we actually made reference to Miss Lion in the Gravity series. There's a point where Greg's watching TV and they mentioned a. A trick Lasa Opso named Miss Lion that does tricks oh, and man, stuff like I that. Missed that one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we were actually going to do. We we were talking about doing a uh, Iceman Firestar issue of Marvel Adventures, but it just didn't work out. And he ended up doing this, and I was busy doing the stuff that I'm doing now, uh, so I couldn't actually work on it. But I, I Pat Olaf and uh, and uh, Casey Jones, I'm. It's just it's it's I've seen a co- a little bit of it and it just looks awesome and it's his takes on uh, classic episodes like Video Man's in it. Oh and God, that's so terrible. Yeah, and, and uh, I think he's doing the 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 Ten Little Superheroes or whatever oh, it is. Was, I remember that one. That was pretty cool at the time because that was like the first time you saw Captain America and right, Namor right, right. and Doctor Strange. Maybe the the Mysterio episodes whenever Spider Man goes to Hollywood. One of my all time favorites. Right. So I mean, it's gonna be awesome, and I mean, Sean loves that stuff. So he's now he's <laughs> just shaking his head. <laughs> I never watched it. I never watched. I oh I, man, it, it tainted was, my that, love of Spider-Man that is, for some that reason. That is I why I know what Stan Lee's voice. That sounds. first oh, episode oh, yeah. where they had that episode where they had the X-Men. That was like my fangasm back in those days. But wasn't that the worst Wolverine voice? Oh, the ever? Australian. Australian. I might. That was pretty good. Yeah. I'm angry and small. I do remember that same. I think it was that same with the X Men with Jugger, Juggernaut. It was, was Juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. Now we I am Juggernaut or yeah, something. Now we got that whole. <laughs> okay, I did watch it. Don't know. So. God damn it. It gets too much publicity. Don't ever want anyone to mention it. Ever. All right. On, either, on, on that note, um, let's move ahead here. Uh, 52 is going to introduce some new retellings of some origins. Is that a Civil War book? I'm sorry. 50, <laughs> oh. Sorry, Tom. You Marvel whore. Oh, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> uh, anyway, Mark Mark Wade is going to set the new origin stories straight, and he's doing it in two issues or two paid stories, and it's going to be Wonder Woman, Power Girl, Elongated Man, Adam Strange, 
Black Adam, Animal Man, and the Joker are who is queued up right now. So um, everybody who wants to get the 18th origin of these characters needs to go by 52. Or if you just want to read a well-written story. <laughs> At the back of a book you could, too. As God knows, yeah, DC. Yeah, DC's the only one that retells origins. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> No, they don't retell it. Marvel just remakes them. So are these are these re, are these new origins because of the crisis that happened? Maybe it's, I don't really know. Well, I think because I know Wonder Woman well, is least, a little I mean, Power now. Girl. Obviously, you have to kind of do something. I don't know. I, th- I thought I, I thought I learned what their origins were in that horribly written exposition oh. of uh, Alexander Luther's in Infinite Crisis Seven. I thought I learned it Infinite when Crisis I was 7. doing your mom. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> did you, did you like Infinite Crisis 7? No, I did like I did like that. I think Peter Rios is the only person that liked no, I didn't Infinite like it. Crisis 7. And I never knew his mom was such an arcane and font of DC novels. Damn. And I also... Uh, no, it's good that they're doing that because the history of the DC universe just sucks at the back. Well, Dan Jurgens just secret, sucks. Secret Origins. I don't really care. I'm just I'm playing up. Oh, I play a role on the show, <laughs> so I have to play up Tom to it. Tom said his funny juice limit. Uh-oh. No, not yet. Yeah. I was enjoying the. Uh, I, I thought I kind of liked the idea that they had the the history of the DC universe the, in the, the backstories. Right. Yeah, stories. it was just done really poorly. I think. Well, it was mashed together a bit, but I, I, I just want anything with Animal Man in it. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, uh, can't go wrong. Love that guy. Whatever. I mean, just fill it in with whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Tom is just so, so beaten. After what they're doing with the Flash, Tom is a beaten so man defeated. now. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that today. I swear, I, I, I said, I told him this earlier today, I said, <laughs> you know, I didn't feel so bad about buying that book and reading it as much as I felt bad for Tom having to buy that <laughs> book and read it. And I, just, I swear, when I finished reading I'm like, Oh man, Tom has got to be so upset with this issue. <laughs> I was, I was sitting at home and I closed it and I said, "God, Jesus Christ! I can't believe I, s- you know, like the last two pages, I was like, I should freak out about that, but I was just like, thank God it's over. Thank God." <laughs> Tom, Tom actually put put a thread up on the forum that said, "Don't." Buy the Flash Until because I tell you it's okay. b- because I'm going to continue to because I have to buy it because it's the Flash. But I will stand here on guard. I will let you know when I'll it's do, okay I'll to do pick it this so book. You up. don't have to. Yeah. I'll take one I'll for the let team. I'll you know when it's good again. So Fighting the bullet, baby. Well, to tie that into the licensing thing, Ken Lashley, who's drawing it, actually did all the packaging art for all the G.I. Joe stuff that's out right Well, now. when did he forget how to draw noses? Well, you know, that's I'm not going to make any excuses <laughs> for the actual artist. I'm just saying he did that stuff. So let's this man's trying not to get into a fist fight yeah. at the next con. Well, have you seen through. Ken Lashley? The guy's big. <laughs> <laughs> Ken. <laughs> you already got game and shooting for you. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, uh, hey, listen. Just, just draw it better. <laughs> you two guys that writing it Go back and read like any of the Flash between '91 and 2000. That's not what Bart Allen acts like. And now I'm done. <laughs> Can we talk about something besides DC now? Well, I, I think that <laughs> so on, on, the, on that on that high note, I think that will wrap up our news for the week. <laughs> Tom crying. Yeah, let's, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go have a good cry and come back with top of the stack. Like a caged beast. <laughs> top, top of the top stack. Of the stack. The stack. That's right, it's Top of the Stack. Our chance to let you, the listener, know what the panel has been reading for the last week. And I'm going to start off this week. I uh, had uh, our friend of the show, 
as Sal would say, a friend of the show. Program. Of the program. I wouldn't say show. Okay. Uh, Friend of the program. Uh, it's more edutainment than it is. Uh, John Hook was kind enough to send us well, issues of Revere, <coughs> which yeah. uh, debuted last week. It's from Alias Comics, and it is written by Ed Waveley, and pencils and colors are beautifully done by Grant Bond. Um, Real quick, the, the the nutshell of Revere is that it is a a horror suspense book with werewolves in an alternate history with Paul Revere as a werewolf hunter in 1775. Sold. He was a silversmith. Oh, you can't prove that he wasn't. I, okay, it, no definitive proof. It, it may not be, you know, al- alternate history. Um, if if that if that hook Johnny if Tremaine. that hook doesn't get you, I, I don't know. Uh, dialogue is crisp. The story was very well told. Uh, the art, this Grant Bond guy, it, you, you kind of have to look at the art to. I, I'm not very good at explaining what this art harkens to. Mr. Norton looking at it here may may, <laughs> yeah, may, may have a spot. Well you know what? It's it's not it's not inked or anything. It gives me kind of like a it's colored so it's not exactly but it's kinda of like when you saw like uh Mike Kunkel's Hero Bear and the Kid. It's that kind of animation style but it's very moody and I, I love I love the way this looks. Yeah it's, it's dark, great dark, storytelling. Dark animated yeah this uh, sequentially it's very tight and it's a fun, fun read. So um, I enjoyed it. I know Sal. Did you have a chance to uh, to read your copy? Yeah, okay. You, you, <laughs> no, you, I didn't. Okay, I didn't it's it's, it's it. in the to read pile. But yeah, it is in the in the pile. <clears throat> but I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, so Revere by Alias Comics uh, should be on your comic book shelves right now. If it's not, uh, tell your local comic shop manager, owner, whoever to order it. I really enjoyed it, and uh, once again, Aoi's Press, uh, Ed Lavely, Grant Bond, and uh, extra special thank you to John Hook, and that's my top of the stack. Uh, Mr. Norton, what do you got for us this week? <laughs> uh, I can either do... Uh, I, re- I read a bunch of comics this week. Uh, it was a great week. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was either going to talk about uh, uh, Exterminators or Runaways 18, so I don't know which one. Which Pick one. Exterminators. Yeah. yeah, we can never do enough for Exterminators. Because um, it was really good. It was it was really good because it's one of those uh, books where, you know, Simon Oliver really hasn't done any comic works before this. I mean, uh, even Tony didn't know who he was before he was working on the oh, book. Oh, come on. Who is he really? There's, no, who, there's rumors who, who that he's somebody really? else. He's just a, a pen he's name. Some, he's anon- some anonymous British guy. He's just some another one of those British finds they found. Maybe it's Graham Morrison. I don't know. <laughs> it's his, 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 uh, another name. But uh, uh, it's more the same as far as Exterminators goes. And as, as that's concerned, that's, you know, that's a good thing because uh, it's, it's more this storyline where I don't even really know what's going on, but they finish it up in I- issue increments, which is exactly what you want. It's not like none of that writing for the trade crap. I mean, there's a story in each issue, and uh, this issue you find out what's so weird about the, I forget his name, the weirdo that the works. Dude. Yeah, the fat <laughs> dude that works with them. But you just thought was, he's kind of like the the fat dude from King of the Hill. He's just like <laughs> he's that just guy. Like, oh, he's just a weird dude. Yeah, a little socially. Now you find out he's got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got this really, no, he's not a carpenter, it's Barry Manilow. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a big Barry Manilow guy. Carpenters are awesome. (laughs) You find out what's really messed up about him. and uh, Really, really messed up. I I posted this on the forum, but in New York, one of the largest spectator sports before baseball became popular at the end of the 19th century was rat fights. Seriously. dogs fighting rats or occasionally people killing rats. That that was the freakiest part of it because... (laughs) He wasn't necessarily fighting them as much as he was squeezing them until <laughs> they exploded. Which is, I mean, every time I look at that book, all I'm thinking about is what kind of freaking fun Tony's having just drawing the most disgusting thing that rat. he can think of. Because it's just, seriously, I'm squeezing a rat till it freaking explodes. <laughs> but, but don't forget that Exterminator is really a sensitive book. It's a caring book. No, it's not. No, I wouldn't put it's it in that. Horrific yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It's horrific. It's horrifying. Yeah, but, it is. Yeah, but you get you get a little more about the overarching story about the you know the <clears> mysterious <throat> box that's been in there a whole, through the whole story and uh, and you um, get a big fat guy in a luchador's costume yeah. squeezing the Some death hot out of rats. Lesbian action going on. <laughs> yeah, always Some hot that. Lesbian action. But yeah, so that 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 and uh, <coughs> that and Runaways, which I. I didn't want to really review that because I'm actually drawing the book. So it sound like I was just buy it, just plug it. You should buy it because it's one of the best issues they've done so far. Because that you find out who actually gets killed, and now I don't have to, you know, say I don't know when people ask me. So. But they they tell me because it's stolen. Somebody died. Oh, seriously, you haven't read it? I haven't. I haven't read it either. Oh my god. I'm. Um, they. All I can say is they killed my favorite character. And which really sucks because I was looking forward to getting to draw that character, and then they killed him. Well, and I'm just gender, saying, no, I'm saying, away. I'm uh, saying him in a general sense. General sense of <laughs> him. And actually, you can shit. just you can just say M, like apostrophe E M. Killed him. Killed him. So uh, yeah, it was kind of some of the my, one of my f- uh, favorite Adrian Alfana pages ever in the series was in this issue. So it's just. Pretty amazing artwork. So you, when, do, when does your run start? Uh, it starts in August. It's actually the issue after this, issue oh, 19. Great. So okay. 19 through 21. It's on my pull list, so I'll get it. Fantastic. How, Scott how, Johnson, next. what is your top of the stack? Uh, my top of the stack is Elephant Men. What? Thanks, Sal. <laughs> you do it together. Bastard. <laughs> Elephant number one, uh, published by Image. Uh, actually uh, put out by Active Images, uh, which I believe is Richard Starking's uh, <coughs> publishing company. Uh, yeah, Richard, who started the uh, the font company, uh, Comic, Craft. Comic Craft, and he and did he, like two issues of Hip Flask. Was the the book that this is? Didn't you three like issues? Was this three? Is yeah, is apparently Hip Flask is like an ongoing miniseries, but Ladron, who's the artist on it, can only get out like one issue a year. A year yeah, I guess he does everything on it. He, yeah. he does. Pencils, inks, and colors, but it takes them a year to do one issue. Right. So, so there's been three issues. Yeah, there's been three yeah. issues of it so far, the and they the are European finishing really it. really believe in vacation. Well, really, that's something I've learned about <laughs> working with Europeans. They really like their vacation. Uh, but yeah, that, but they convinced him, uh, I guess uh, Eric Larson's been wanting Starkings to do an ongoing in that universe, and they finally cons- convinced him to do that, and so that's what he's doing, and, and this is going to be a monthly book. Is that my phone? Sal's beeping. Oh, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I I really enjoyed it, too. I don't know what ring that is, but it's a hooker. No. Um, Sorry about that. That's the pick of the week alarm. (laughs) (laughs) That means it's awesome. (laughs) Sorry, Scott, um, go ahead. (laughs) 
this is uh, oh, written by Starkings, and the art on it is done by Moratat. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But he also um, apparently does all art, you know, pencils, inks, and colors himself. He's just faster. And uh, well, it's it's <laughs> it's a simple book, style, yeah. and it's 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 gorgeous. I, I would consider the style. I would almost call the the drawing like kind of a storybook type of a look. But the coloring yeah. on it is very dark and moody, and so it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition there. Um, and the only thing I like this is I don't know. I've never. I haven't read the other Hip Flask comics, so I had no going into this. I know nothing about the Hip Flask universe or anything or what it is. And here we have an issue one, and it's a simple story, but they work in a number of uh, quick flashbacks, and it gives me all the pertinent information I need to know. I now know, get the idea, you know, who the Elephant Men are, how they were created what they went through in the past, and how they're trying to fit into uh, to the world now. Yeah, that's what I liked about it so much was that, one, exactly like you said, it gave you everything you needed to know, but it also told a story mm-hmm. about one particular character, one of the Elephant Men, and mm-hmm. and how he was you know, being dealt with, or how he was dealing with trying to fit into the world that he doesn't fit into, or they don't fit into. And basically the story of the Elephant Men is they were genetically created hybrid human animals, whether they were elephants or rhinos or hippopotamus, whatever. The the government created them to be these incredible fighting machines, and now they're out in the world and there is no war anymore, and they have to try and fit into society, and uh, it's not going so well for them. Mm-hmm. But um, and but I, yeah. it appears that there is an attempt, um, <laughs> you know, to to accept them into society, but there's still a lot of prejudice in there, mm-hmm. and they feel like outsiders. And sure. Yeah. And and yeah, same thing. I mean, I, it was a pretty simple opening story, but it gave you a lot of information about yeah. the world that they're in. And, and um, the story itself, you, you say, it, it is very simple, and it's one. You know, it's funny. It's it's one that we've read a dozen times before. In fact, this month's Jonah Hex tells pretty much the same story. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, of you know, the the little girl makes a friend with the ugly monster. Yeah, you know, with uh, you know, kind of throw back goes to the back old to Frankenstein. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, exactly. and the same kind of thing, but um, but it works. You know, so. I get teary eyed at the end with the little picture. <laughs> <laughs> You and I, you know, the funny thing is when I pick this up, there's a there's a little backup story yeah. uh, on the flip side of it, um, which I didn't know that picking it up, and I, I read that first, and I got, you know, it's like eight pages, and I got to the end of it, I'm like, what the, and then there was like an ad, and, that was, and, and I'm like, what, hey, wait a minute, what was the rest of my story, because I was really engrossed, in it, and, and that was, it was telling the other perspective of it, the human's perspective, sort of. Oh, really? That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. It worked really well. And I, re- But reading it first, it was like... It, I suggest you read it secondly, but... Right, read it that way so you don't yeah. have to. Because well, <laughs> my, my comic shop dealer put this cover... <clears throat> Like first, so I thought this was the primary so I think, yeah, story. And so I read, me. I did the same thing you did. I read the first four pages, and the story was only four pages long. I'm like, what, yeah. what's up with that? And then all of a sudden, the pages are upside down. It's like an Avatar book, and it's twenty like, pages of ads. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized that I had to turn the book around and read the actual, the primary story. So. But yeah, all, all told, I mean, I just thought it was great, and I will definitely be picking up more of it and, and see where it goes. And they are supposed to be doing. It, they said it, at least 22 issues a month, or I'm sorry, 22 pages a month, mm-hmm. and some will be more. And they're going to have different artists that are working on it and everything. And, and so I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. And one other thing I thought interesting was the yeah, the Richard Starkings write up in the in the letters page because you know it, it's the first issue, so there can't be a letters page. So he pretty much just writes an essay about um, 
you know, about like you know him growing up reading comic books and being a, a sci-fi a sci-fi fan, and you you really just get a good feel for Richard Starkings and you know about like he really is a fan of this stuff, this yeah, science fiction genre. And, and, and that and, second yeah. paragraph where he starts talking about the X-Men comics and and how you know they're no longer just good adventure comics anymore. They always have to you know, and that's why he sort of started this book originally was he wanted something that he could tell stories where anything could happen whether yeah. it was you know he kind of likes the fact that in the older kind of 1970s and 80s comic books like absolutely crazy stupid stuff could happen and you buy it right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know whereas now it's like people are so cynical and you know the, st- no. and the writers are trying to be so realistic and you know and he's like no I want to write a book where crazy stuff can yeah. happen mad scientists right and, yeah, and animals with guns stuff. and yeah. Yeah, anything could happen and yeah so it was cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, um, speaking of the uh, the letter pages, I I forgot to mention that on Revere, um, that is uh, uh, both Lavely and and Bond go in and talk about some of their uh, friends and influences and people that helped them out. And uh, Grant Bond talked about Andy Parks, which reminded me that uh, Revere, the guys that are doing it in Kansas City, which once again can't. What is everybody up with, lives in? Kansas everyone City. is in Kansas City. Seriously, uh, yeah. I'm moving. It, it's, no, it I've is, thought about it. <laughs> it's like the new Cleveland, or what? It was the Cleveland. Well, <laughs> when no, was Cleveland ever a no, hot no, spot? No, Cleveland was Siegel a hot spot. Siegel and Schuster. Well, it was like, like, oh, well, Bendis, uh, Bendis is from was, there. That's but, about yeah. it. Bendis and all his friends are yeah, from there. Yeah, there. there were a lot of people in <laughs> Cleveland, but there are these you know bizarre little towns that are little cities, I should say, that become these little comic hotbeds, right, right, and right. and Kansas City is definitely a comic oh, hotbed yeah. right now. I heard Trenton is. On its way. <laughs> no, I don't. Port- Portland would be one of those places. Portland yeah. would want, definitely because it oh, has. I did want to mention. I think we're going to actually have Richard Starkings. Is that how you pronounce it? Starkings. Yes. Yeah. Starkings. We're uh, I think we're going to have him on the show probably after Wizard World sometime. Awesome. So. Awesome. Um, Mr. Summer, what is your top of the stack? Uh, pretty quick, uh, since these guys basically told their whole life story about this comic. Uh, <laughs> we were sharing. We got due time yeah, for know, two. It's feelings, um, Matt. Books no. are about feelings. Oh, sorry. We ran no out feelings. of recordings time. Oh, I'm going to have to cut oh, you short. Snap. All right. Um, I'm doing another, also a book from Image, called The Cryptics, which is by Steve Niles and Benjamin Roman. And I don't know. I was a big fan of Jill Thompson's Scary Godmother book. I don't know if any of you guys ever read that stuff. It's basically just kind of like totally all ages stuff uh, and horror books mashed together. The the premise of this book it's basically two, three, or four page little mini stories, uh, and it features the sons of the classic movie monsters. <coughs> so we have Drac Jr., uh, the creature of the Black Lagoon. Junior. Uh, no, it's something. <laughs> it's like Sea Boy or something. They call Junior? me. I can't remember. They have like the the son of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You like you know monsters out every once in a while. And the son of them together. Well, ah, they're the same guy. Woman they're, they're the same guy. So, oh, okay. Uh, it's you know whatever. We'll play and, with and, and Wolfman <laughs> the Third. And Teen Wolf Junior. Um, and so it's just it's just fun. It's it's the fun book and. Uh, if you like monsters, if you like that kind of stuff, crap. I'm gonna have to buy that. Godmother, <laughs> that <laughs> kind of book. The um, artwork. I love monsters. Pretty, yeah, amazing. the artwork's really, really the nice. Coloring, really, especially. Really interesting coloring. Uh, really kind of candy colored. Really strange contrast. Yeah, but very painterly the, still. At the same yeah, between time. the you know like monster content and everything's bright and sunny, it's kind of kind of a strange con- combination. You but. keep 
picking some really neat stuff that I have never heard. This well, is like four times in a row that you dropped in and said, hey, check this out. I'm like, oh, man, that's uh, really well, cool. We, we can't all do Civil War. Three. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, you know, that's where my interests lie, man. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the fringe. So there you go, the cryptics. Take a right here on the fringe. You're the one who's like <laughs> bitching about Spider-Man hasn't been good since '72, Mister Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. What fringe opinion? Tom, yeah. you're going to be our last top of the stack because I think uh, Sal shared with yeah, Scott. I'm so. sick of everyone whoring out Image, so I'm going to whore out <laughs> DC because I was going to do Elephant Man too. Uh, I picked uh, hey, I Justice did League. Yeah, screw you. I know. I picked up. Uh, I picked Justice League of America Zero. Oh, cool. You can tell me what happened. Because I didn't understand it. I'm not, not a spoiler for you. <laughs> I was railing on people who didn't understand it earlier. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have to talk I'm after so the show then. Uh, no, I understand the basic concept of it, but I, I didn't, I didn't, the particulars. There go was ahead, a couple ahead. things missing, I felt, but yeah. go ahead, Tom. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to screw up your review Jesus there. Jesus Christ. I liked it. I liked it. Now you school me and tell me how it actually is good. <laughs> I thought it was good because what it is is... Something that Brad Meltzer did really well in Identity Crisis, which he brings to this as well, is to make Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman not just robots walking around. Uh, Batman is intense, but he's not intense because he's just a dick. He's intense because he has actual feelings about people and things, and that's why he acts the way he does. Because he doesn't want to get hurt. And right. he does a great job of showing that relationship between all of them. Right. Doesn't have a huge amount of plot being like a zero issue. But I read it, and I thought it was the best uh, sort of explanation of that relationship. Introduction. Yeah. The best way, best thing I've read of that It sure Trinity. looked good. I mean, I loved how yeah. they used different artists in it. Yeah. And that and the way they shot for the certain the different yeah. eras scenes that and, they were doing. Oh, was, I mean, yeah, really one well of the, uh, the part to me that sticks out to me as being really great is at the beginning where they talk about how the JLA comes together. And they fight creatures that turn them into trees, which is actually how their origin started. Yeah, and Batman is freaking out because that's not something Batman is Can used handle, to fighting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you don't usually see that sort of depiction of Batman, of him being like scared. out of his element or like scared but still willing to do what he's going to do. So I just enjoyed it. I thought it was sort of touching in parts, too, like when they deal with Superman's death. You hardly ever see yeah, Batman portrayed that way. Yeah, yeah, like... Or, or when they dealt with Batman missing, you know, when he was and then assumed dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, with with. It has sort of a quirky yesterday tomorrow, sort of flashback, flash forward type thing. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you just read it and you don't get too hung up on trying to, like, figure out. My only question with it, is. and like I said, I liked it. I yeah. loved the art. I loved how they put it together. Was, when did I miss sort of, the point where they decided they were. Everything was cool with them again, and well, it was okay. At the end of seven, issue actually does. Yeah, did, well, at the end of seven, find herself. Yeah, in seven. At the end of Infinite Crisis yeah. seven, they said they were going to get back together. That was the only thing I did understand in issue seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reviewing that thing. <laughs> so we're gonna right. go. Well, maybe I just glazed over that. That yeah. was the only thing with this issue that I was a little. I, I can't say disturbed. I was just a little. Something was missing for me because it was like okay. I really liked how they set up everything and sort of gave you explanations of what happened in these characters' lives to make them sort of become who we saw them l yeah. you know, last year. Well, they they did the thing with uh, <clears throat> one of the things they brought up that uh, when 
Batman comes up with ways to defeat all the other members. And you don't really see how probably really hurtful that was right. to the other ones right. necessarily. Or you haven't seen that in a really long time since Wade did that in JLA. You haven't seen how pissed they would be that he would have done that yeah. to him. And that's sort of But I, I think you're right. He absolutely did his job, I mean, as far as an introduction. And I want to know who's on the team. Yeah. You know, so. I look forward to it. Yeah. I like Meltzer. I think he's going to do an interesting I do, time. too. I yeah. I so do you think, uh, I'm sorry to put it on you, but some, <laughs> some people were commenting that... Um, in that first issue of the Atom, that they kind of spoiler who's on the team. Do you think that? No, I don't think that matters at all. I don't, I don't remember it. Nah, I don't care. It's like Green Lantern and Hawk Woman. They'd probably be on it anyway. I mean, <laughs> oh, what's up? Oh yeah, the, not real spoilers. It's <laughs> gonna be ambush bug and all these. Obs- <laughs> awesome. It's gonna be you know, <laughs> and a monkey wearing the Green Lantern. Suit. Monkey wearing green <laughs> pie face. Hey, hey, <laughs> Mr. E. You, you could be giving people ideas for the the contest. All right, guys, no, which was good. They probably need them. So. Um, well, guys, that was uh, a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone. That's uh, what's uh, we'll we'll pat over uh, we'll pat each other on the back here in a second. But we got a few a uh, few announcements. Um, first of all, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. CPM is a collection of the best comic podcasts on the net. Wait, what are you guys? No, no. Why not? We don't really talk about comics. You guys talk about <laughs> comics all the time for at least a minute an well, episode. Okay, we'll try to. I know Crank wants they're to. They're part be, of the air conditioning. You can network. tell. Yeah, we're part of the. We're part of the trying to get a freaking air conditioning <laughs> network. No, you know you can tell by my apathy that this is the reason why we're not part of any network. But uh, Crank wants to be, so we'll probably. You guys will probably get an extra two, three listeners. Yeah, a, but a year because of that's it. That's not what they're in it for, right? Yeah, we're in it for the. <laughs> you, you exhausted the I'm looking for a big screen TV storyline. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't you know. The, the great TV side. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're done with the great TV I'm, search. I'm not kidding when I'm. I'm not kidding when I say that we only started the podcast because I wanted Crank to make a podcast that I could listen to while I'm drawing, and he said, "Well, I'm not going to do it unless you're on it." And <laughs> That's and it's like, way. well, that freaking <laughs> defeats the point. <laughs> so, I mean, now I'm kind of just stuck in this thing, and I'm not. I, now I sound like I'm complaining about this too. But, <laughs> bitch, bitch, but no, bitch. I just, I just don't think about how can I expand my audience because I mean, guys like you and the CGS guys. I mean, it's like. Why am I trying to do that? You guys know what you're doing. I mean, look at this. It looks like looks like a radio station. Well, yeah, but here. the whole thing is, you know, I mean, people listen to us, and we don't know anything about what we're talking about. <laughs> you actually work in the industry well, that we're talking mean about. I think I think what it is is people feel more comfortable doing podcasts about stuff they don't know anything about. Yeah, that might be. Yeah. <laughs> we are a perfect example. <laughs> tune into my home uh, home redesign show. <laughs> you can listen to me explain <laughs> how to put together a car teach engine. You how to build a deck on your back. <laughs> so anyway, you can check out all the other great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. You can check out Crankcast at crankcast.com. No? Yep. You guys, actually, that came available, I heard. Yeah. So. Crank, crank buys like URLs like he, people buy candy. I think he's got 57 of them. Man, it's one of those squatter guys. Yeah. Oh, brother. Yeah. Which he, 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 he buys from another squatter. Not mine. If you guys want to build a, your own website, you're going to have to come call in a crank. Nice. And the other website today is definitely scottjohnsonart.com. So, um, Scott, it's uh, any other announcements on what you're working on or anything big coming out? Big Hasbro toys that we should be looking for your stuff? Nothing Spi- I can talk about. Spi- <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you, guys. I love that. No. 
I hate you guys. I wish it might work. I'm an accountant. I wish I could go around and when people ask me when I'm working, I can go, I can't sorry, talk I can't that. tell you about it right now. Come talk to me in a week and I'll Isn't let you know. Isn't it always funny that people only want to talk to you when you can't talk about the stuff? <laughs> Just say that you're drawing a Wolverine head. I mean, throw us a bone. I'm something. sure you got to be doing one. Look at him. He's, he's, got, he's like, <laughs> going to you know, lock you know, his jaw. He's like, I ain't, I ain't talking about shit. Well, Leave me alone. Didn't you say on the forum that you're doing a big Marvel figure line? At, at the moment, I'm working on artwork that will go on the action figure packaging for next year. Cool. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Uh, the, the, the Mike, you're doing Runaways coming up soon here. You're working Runaways, Marvel Adventures, um, other stuff that I actually can't talk about. <laughs> but I mean, mostly you get to draw guys. Hawkeye. That's always a I get to draw Hawkeye for uh, October, the Halloween issue. Uh, Spider-Man, Hawkeye versus Frankenstein's monster. Cool. So, uh, that nice. sounds cool. Nice. Make sure he has that fuzzy vest. I thought no, maybe he does. Oh, okay. totally. <laughs> I thought right. maybe it'd be like Hawkeye Zombie. For Halloween, but uh, <laughs> uh, July contest we Sorry. talked about at the beginning of the uh, show. Go to the contest uh, link at the site. Download your Green Lantern page and uh, fill it out. Uh, fill it out. Write Tom's comic or or send us a script. And if we like it, then we'll fill it out. Uh, thank you to Scott Hines and Fanboy Radio. Yeah, Scott was kind enough to have us on uh, last Wednesday's episode of Fanboy Radio. Uh, he yeah. had us, uh, John Suntress from Word Balloon, Jam Campbell from Geek 4x4, <laughs> and uh, the guys from Indie Spinner Rack. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah. we were on Fanboy Radio. Which it was, was he was very of, gracious to have us on. That was kind really of bizarre, cool. though. Yeah, it was a little weird. Uh, yeah, who the hell are you guys to get interviewed? I mean, we talk nice about you, so you shut the I hell know. up. <laughs> uh, they don't um, go around calling Neil Gaiman a pussy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no show without Tom. There's a, there would be the, the the least important part to doing this show is me. I show up like and just sit down. I'm like busy looking through quarter books while they actually do work and like piece things together and do important stuff. Uh, but we still love you, Tom. Uh, this uh, this episode was sponsored by GeekArmor.com. Yes. So please thank uh, you, check Geek them out. Yes. Ch- thank you very much, Geek Armor. I'm going to uh, get that flash I think, shirt. I think, yeah. yeah don't buy the, the last large because that's, that's Tom's. Uh, the best the best way to get to GeekArmor.com, for us anyway, is to click through one of the banners at the site, uh, which reminds me, please check out www.aroundcomics.com. Truly one of the best news, information, and opinion sites in comics, in my opinion. I can say it because I don't put it together. It's an edutainment site. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'll say it. Yeah, you guys have put the, together a great site. I mean, it is. It's, it's, I mean, there's information there, and there's news items, and it's updated, like, like throughout the day, you guys, you know. So I mean, it, it really is a, 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 a great job. Don't tell what my bosses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a slow day at work, Scott. <laughs> so, and uh, and the forum, the forum has been a lot of fun. Um, Scott has joined up. Uh, uh, Mike hasn't. I've been but, meaning to. I, uh, <laughs> I notice I have to redo everything and and make an icon. And like we've already know. learned. We've already yeah, learned your feelings about. Yeah. You don't have to re-sign up though if you signed up once. Before. Oh, well, I haven't actually signed up. I signed up to your other one. Oh, okay. Before, yeah. okay. Yeah. My icon is actually a Mike Norton drawing. Because I'm awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me. I'm imitating Scotty Young. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even a slam or anything. Scotty is awesome, but he'll actually tell you that. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. I think that's it. Everyone uh, have a fantastic week. Uh, we'll be back again next Monday with another full length episode of Around Comics. 
In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in and around comics. Comics! <laughs> Damn it, Norton! No! <laughs> If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com, or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that, and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for this show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week. Where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same. Bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics. <laughs>